Welcome to the Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast with your host, hailing from Kakana, Wisconsin, riding a CST Tires SSI decals, traveling back Yamaha YFC450R, four-time ATV Motocross National Champion, number 25. Cody Jensen. What's up, everybody? We're back. Welcome to the latest edition of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, episode 119 of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, presented by our title sponsor, CST Tires, in stock and available for purchase today at shop.csttires.com. I'm your host, Cody Jansen, saying hello to our more than 226,000 monthly Digging Deep listeners in all 103 countries in which you are listening, and this is our Briarcliff Review Show. Round 9 of the ATV Motocross National Championship at Briarcliff had a little bit of everything. The champ Joel Hetrick clinched his fourth career title. We saw younger racers like Aaron Salinas earn career best finishes. Unfortunately, we saw crashes and injuries to some of our favorites and a controversy we have the honor of attempting to explain. We'll do it all in the episode ahead as we're joined by back-to-back champ Joel Hetrick, pro-class rookie Aaron Salinas, track owner and promoter Jeremy Osborne, and pro-class racer Vince Merman, who played amateur referee this past week. And he'll also join us to help break down all the action from Ohio right here on the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. But before we dive in, let's quickly shout out all of our incredible partners, CST Tires. Go to shop.csttires.com today. Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew. Thanks to SSI Decals, Valvoline, DID Racing Chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV Components, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, the financial advice of the Haymauer Financial Group, DP Brakes, Factory 43, Binky's Forever ATC Museum, Impact Solutions, new partner Caldera Lab, and their high-performance men's skincare products and regiment. We all know moto is a gnarly sport. It can be hard on our skin. So allow Caldera Lab to help you achieve your skincare goals this summer. And this one hits home for me. That's why I was a, a perfect partner for digging deep because I don't have the greatest of skin. I use lotion on the daily. So join me by getting 20% off with code diggingdeep20 at calderalab.com slash diggingdeep20 and Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with code diggingdeep20 at manscaped.com. You already know that it was big news when Manscaped announced their jump into the beard products game, introducing the Beard Hedger Pro Kit from Manscaped. A premium beard sculpting machine, the Beard Hedger allows dudes like you and I to style our beards to exactly our liking using a zoom wheel featuring 20 different built-in lengths. This Pro Kit includes shampoo, conditioner, oil, and balm all for your beard, as well as a brush, comb, and scissors. Now you're speaking my language, Manscaped. Get 20% off with free shipping by using code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. So rad that Manscaped is continuing to invest in ATV racing as a longtime partner of Digging Deep in our new partnership with Caldera Lab as well. We all know outside the industry sponsors don't come around every day. Help us keep them in the fold and involved in ATV racing by using our Digging Deep 20 codes so they know you enjoy Digging Deep and what we're all about here. Support all these great companies that support us and for any products that fall through the cracks, click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner on our website to help us out. The 2023 season has nearly come to an end, but we both know you still need parts and gear. No matter what off-road gear or parts you need, Rocky Mountain ATVMC has you covered. But before you buy, simply click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner on our website. 
By using our specific link, we get a percentage of what you buy on the back end, enabling you to help us out while purchasing the parts you need anyway. And did you know you can buy OEM parts from Rocky Mountain ATVMC as well? Yep, shipped conveniently right to your door. So click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner at diggingdeepatvmx.com to help us out while satisfying all your gear and parts needs. No new donors to shout out this week, but if you're interested in donating and hearing your name on the show, you can find the Patreon or Buy Me a Coffee donation links on our website. Major thanks to all who have donated. Now, if you can't donate, but you still want to help us out, you can leave us a rating or a review on iTunes and Spotify. That helps us out a ton. If nothing else, it shows our partners that you're all about digging deep and keeping us here long into the future. Now, it's showtime. The 30-second board is up, it's sideways, and the gate is down. Time to dig deep. Let's go! All right, guys, the ATV Motocross National Championship headed to Briarcliff for the penultimate round, round nine, this past weekend, and it did not disappoint. Joining me to help break down all the action is a first-time guest, but somebody I thought would be perfect to co-host here on the show with me for this race, so I was stoked that he was down to join us. Presented by Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, a family-owned full metal service center and concrete product supplier. Visit laundervillesteel.com today or give them a call at 715-675-6193. Say hello to pro-class top 10 finisher and former pro-am event winner, one of the most picked riders in ATV fantasy in recent seasons, Mr. Vince Merman. Vince, so stoked that you're willing to join us here welcome to digging deep buddy i've really been looking forward to this so i'm stoked that you're here with me yeah thank you for having me on i'm super stoked to be on here for the first time it's uh it's an honor really it made me feel good vince when uh you kind of lit up on saturday when i asked you about coming on the show so i'm stoked about that and so much to talk about at Briarcliff. but quickly tell me about how your recovery is going we know you got a little busted up a few rounds back there so give my listeners an update on you and your health before we jump into the recap of Briarcliff here yeah so i was riding uh at a track down by Briarcliff actually the weekend before bud's creek and i during the day and they had a, a race in the afternoon so i was racing and i raced two motos my third moto i got in a little hole shot tangle up i got tossed off the bike but uh, i got ran over during it which is really what did most of the damage okay so then give me your kind of your prognosis i told you when i saw you this past weekend when i saw you post on your story like a like a sitting bench in the you know in the shower i was like man things are not good so give me kind of an update on your health situation yeah so nothing ended up being broken it was just uh, i had a, a hematoma in my groin and one on my side and then i partially tore a couple uh like veins okay. so they kept both for a few days and we're just monitoring my blood flow through both my legs, making sure they were the same and everything was good. And okay, but the first couple of weeks was just a ton of pain, like muscle and nerve pain in my leg. And since sure. uh, Mitoma was in my groin, I really couldn't like use my leg or pick my leg up. The first few weeks were was like so miserable that I didn't know how long the the recovery was going to be. Mm-hmm. because like nothing was broken or anything so they didn't really say like right yeah so so it was kind of just on me and how everything has felt but the first few weeks was pretty much just on the couch all day wake up take some pain medicine go back to sleep kind of thing it was it wasn't very fun but uh the last 
couple weeks, it's been a lot better. I've been moving around and doing stuff. I went back to work last week, just kind of light duty. I haven't rode or anything, but mm-hmm. yep. I, I uh, am not at full mobility or anything or, or full strength yet. But from how bad it was at first, I, I really like didn't know how long or if it was going to heal to 100%. But now I, I think I'll be all right. Good. Well, you know, I, like I said, I knew you were in a bad way there for a little while, just based on some of the stuff, you know, you were posting and whatever. So to see you last weekend, you know, moving around and, you know, on the mini quad and taking care of stuff at the races there and whatever, like that made me feel super good. So I'm glad to hear that things are getting better. Um, at least somewhat, that is a scary thing to not have anything broken and probably feel as busted up as you did. That was probably a scary thing, not knowing how long this was going to last, but, uh, glad to see you getting better. And you were in attendance, obviously as part of Jeremy's crew this past weekend too. So kind of fill my listeners in on, on your duties and you know, what you had going on this past weekend at Briarcliff. Yeah. So since I wasn't going to be racing, uh, Jeremy, I think was looking for somebody to possibly amateur referee and. He was asking Tim Detling, and Tim's the one who reached out to me about it. And nice. I was weary at first, but I was yeah. already going to be there. And I don't know, it kind of seemed like they wanted me to do it, just being a racer and all. So, yeah. I mean, why not? Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's awesome. It was cool to see you in the mix there, kind of a, a different gig there for your hometown race, but that's cool. So, uh, man, first things first, uh, you know, perfect weekend, right? The weather was absolutely perfect. Track was freaking prime. Had to hurt you a little bit to not be on the track this past weekend. I know it hurt me a little bit for sure to see how nice it was. And man, it just looked so great for everybody. Had to hurt a little bit, I would think. Yeah, for sure. I definitely wish I could have been out there riding. I just, I don't want to rush it or do no. nothing. I haven't rode or anything. But no, it was, the track was awesome. And like the final, because I was there, I went a couple weeks ago when Logan and uh, Stanfield and Aaron Salinas, Jeffrey, Adam Allrich, a couple guys were out there riding. Okay. Uh, I was there and the track wasn't the same as how it ended up being, but mm-hmm. the final form of it that we they raced on was looked pretty awesome. Yeah, I actually had just read this morning Jeremy saying that he, after Joel and some of those guys had rode there in recent weeks, Joel was there for the riding school, right? And uh, he said that he was bummed when Joel was running one one minute, 35 second lap time. So his goal was to add 10 seconds onto that. And Joel's fastest time ended up being 147 something. So he accomplished the goal. But yeah, the, right. the, final, the final version of the track for the race weekend, I thought was awesome. Some of the, the split line sections were really cool. There was a couple things there where the, the best of the best guys were just hitting some stuff just so perfectly right some some of the singles that became doubles and it just yeah. i just thought it was awesome so uh credit to jeremy and his crew and and everybody that made that happen man it was it was really really good and saturday was absolutely wild when you talk about pro class racing it started right away in qualifying when brandon hogue topped the fast qualifier board in both sessions he edged out joel hattrick by just a tenth vince not often that we see uh, a fast qualifier not named joel hattrick Trick. Pretty cool to see Brandon Hogue do it for the first time in his career. I mean, last year, I don't remember how that debacle worked there at Aonia Pass. He was the fast qualifier, then officially he wasn't. I don't know how all that worked out, but uh, I know that 
he was kind of on the on the hunt to get that fast qualifier. He almost got it a few times earlier this season. Joel got him at the at the last lap or whatever. So pretty cool to see Brandon Hogue put it together and, and be the fast qualifier there at Briarcliff. We saw uh like a, a first, uh, you know, a first for somebody, a first for the series, uh, right away to kind of start the pro class racing at Briarcliff, which was kind of cool. Yeah, that was sweet. Brandon definitely had a, a great weekend and it was just cool to see him hanging with Joel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll talk to Joel about it, but the way that Brandon sniped him late, you know, like Brandon was top qualifier and like for almost all of each session, Joel puts in a burner lap, right. And, and gets up there and has nearly a second. And then, you know, Brandon got him one more time. Like it just, uh, like he wanted it bad. You could tell. So Hogue, Hattrick, Janusa, Weenan, and Rastrelli were your fast qualifiers heading into the motos. And Vince, Brandon's fire day continued when he ripped the whole shot in Pro Moto 1. He'd lead until lap four when Joel made the pass. But Vince, uh, Brandon kept it within two seconds all the way until the last lap. It moved to 2.8. But it was under two seconds all the way basically until the finish. And I couldn't help but be quite impressed by that. You had just said that to see Brandon run right with Joel was super impressive super cool to see but i feel like i feel like that was the best brandon hogue we've ever seen at least is the way maybe it's recency biased here but i mean the way that he really ran with joel and that moto for the duration of it was super super impressive like i walked away from that one being like man brandon freaking brought it in that first moto yeah for sure he was on it he was on it all day and i was uh i had to stand down by the whole shot corner for yeah. the the pros, pro sport, WMX for all the money paying whole shots. Sure. Uh, so make sure, you know, who got it. And I was there for both of Brandon's whole shots and it was just cool. Like seeing, it's just cool seeing it from a different aspect. Uh-huh. It's so weird to me, like to be there announcing this past weekend, I really haven't been at, like there was a couple races last year where my quad wasn't quite built yet. And, and we went to cover it for digging deep stuff or whatever, but it's just such a different feel. Like I go there programmed, like as much as I want to race and whatever, like that's my favorite thing to do, uh, to be there and cover it. It's just such a different feeling. And, and I really am like totally focused on like what we're seeing these guys do, what we see you riders do. And it's just, it's just amazing to see like that level like you were out there this year you know obviously for half the season and more or more and that level that that pro class is at right now man like nobody knows it better than you that it's just it's so freaking good right now that level is so high i say it on every show but like i feel like your opinion is is super meaningful super valid like that class dude right now is so nuts and i I just wonder if you now sitting back even from the side seeing the level that it's at like does it hit you even like harder that man like there's not a there's not a single slouch out there yeah no it definitely does and i feel like my first year pro in 21 Mm -hmm. it felt like like when i first moved up it's like you know everybody's so fast and the pace is so fast and everything and then it was like next year it got harder this year i feel like everybody's even faster and everybody's i feel like every year everybody starts training earlier and everybody you know wants it a little more and Mm -hmm. more you know just personal battles and just this and that and uh yeah yeah i feel like this year is because i feel like i feel like i was probably the fastest i've ever been like staying at decker's and 
beginning of this year and all that. And then kind of still in the same spot as last year, but mm-hmm. there's people that are faster now and all like, it's just every year, everybody gets faster for sure this year. Yeah. I mean, you can't make a, a mistake or lose <laughs> the second then or you're not getting it back. Well, I think that, I think you're exactly right. I think you were the best and the fastest that you've ever been. I mean, you look at like perfect representation of this. Obviously we've talked all season long about, you know, Dane Molander and Aaron Salinas being the clear guys to beat in pro-am a year ago at this time. And, you know, they're fighting Aaron this weekend, got his first top 10 finish of his career, right? It's just a, it's amazing to think that, or look at Kevin Saar, you know, we'll obviously talk about him on Sunday. He, I don't know how to say it. He like pantsed the pro-am class. Like he was clearly, clearly the fastest guy left, no doubt, but he was just in the mix in eighth and ninth, you know, in the pro class. Like it's, it's just, it's amazing to see the level that, 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 that class is at right now. So in that first moto behind the front two of, of Joel Hattrick and Brandon Hogue, Jeffrey Rostrelli and Chad Weenan ran third and fourth respectfully until the midway point when Weenan made the pass on Rostrelli for third. Bryce Ford would shadow that duo from start to finish in fifth. And at the finish, that pack, Vince, was more than 15 seconds behind Hattrick and Hogue. So that shows you how fast those guys were going and those front two. And then that pack of three riders, that was like a battle we almost watched the entire first moto because Chad, when he was in between Rastrelli and Bryce, like he was in a tough spot. He's trying to get by Rastrelli while trying to hold off Bryce. It was a, it was actually a really good battle to watch there, that battle for third through fifth. So I didn't know if you got to take that in at all, but that was probably the battle. I was actually like, there was the front battle at the, you know, the top two. And then that battle for the rest of the top five was, was one I was focused on for the rest of that first moto. There didn't end up being a ton of movement there, but like those dudes were on top of each other for basically like eight nine ten laps it seemed like yeah it was sweet to watch all that and i think there was also another i think like aaron max kevin and yep. somebody else were like on Janusa. top janusa yeah. yes for like most of that race they were all like all on top of each other too that was just cool to watch it was for sure the other thing that we had going on there um that was the next thing i was going to touch on is so wesley was super good he ran sixth mm-hmm. kind of by himself there yeah. um but behind behind him is the battle that you're talking about and who rode a hell of a race there was max linquist and nick janusa like you said they crash in the first corner and they're down or whatever and they race all the way from 13th and 14th up to 7th and 8th and so you had the battle of the front two, the rest of the top five, Wesley's all alone in six. You have the other guys that are there in that pack. And then you have uh, Max and Janusa just raging from the back and get all the way up to seventh and eighth. So that was super, uh, super fun to watch there at the finish. Those two were on another level too. If you look at the lap times, they were, uh, you know, running top five pace basically. So moving on to moto two then. Uh, it was a, a mirror image basically of the first moto with Brandon Ho getting the whole shot. You said you stood right there and watched that happen again. Joel Hattrick is in second. Brandon led the, the first lap and you know, he was thinking about, you know, potentially his first career overall win. I know for a fact, he felt like he had something for Joel in a couple sections there of that racetrack late in moto one. So, you know, he was thinking about that first career overall win 
And then he suffered a small get off while leading heartbreaker for Brandon Hogue. I know that he was really putting together the best day of his professional career at that point, Vince, but a heartbreaker, small crash, but it sent him to the back of the pack. And there went his, I mean, it looked like, I don't want to say he had second overall on lock, but it looked like he maybe very well did. Um, but even a career possible first career win there, you know, he was thinking that whether it was going to happen or not, you know, he was thinking that just bummed to see it go that way. Did you see him get off? Cause I, I was did. on the side and I didn't see it. I just, I didn't see him come back around and I, I was just so bummed. Yeah. So after Bigfoot, there's that roller on the inside and from the tower, you couldn't see it that well. I think probably anybody standing on that side of the racetrack couldn't see it that well, but there was a big rut coming out of that inside single and he just kind of hopped into it and like two wheeled or whatever and fell off. And he said, I remember I talked to him after the race and I was super excited, super happy because he wasn't like, I mean, I know he was bummed after the race, but he right. wasn't, he wasn't like as bummed as we've seen him in the past. I think he probably felt good about some of the things that he put together on that race day. Um, but he said, man, I almost got hit by Joel. He's like, it was really, really close. So I'm glad that that didn't happen. And he did have the ability to get up and race towards the front. But again, like his, you know, in his heart of hearts, he was thinking, man, my, my first career, uh, overall win might've been there for the taking. And, uh, especially with Joel thinking about the championship, like that might've been an added factor to make him not push it all the way to the limit, you know? I know, man, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, uh, felt bad for him, but at the same time, like I said, I was, I was happy that, uh, he wasn't, he wasn't, you know, too overly bummed after the races there. So after that, the focus completely shifted now, like, especially being on the mic, the, the focus completely shifted to Joel Hetrick's title, because after Joel's first moto win and a fifth for Bryce Ford, all Joel needed to do going into that second moto was beat the number four by one single position to clinch the title with one whole round yet to go. And that's exactly what he did. Joel led the next 11 laps to complete a perfect one, one day at Briarcliff and clinched the 2023 AMA ATV Pro Class National Championship, his fourth. So let's get the champion here to talk about successfully defending his title. All right, guys, presented by Valvoline and their all-new Ultimate Power Sports line of oil. I'm here with the reigning, defending, undisputed, and freshly crowned back-to-back ATV Motocross Pro Class National Champion, Mr. Joel Hetrick. Joel, buddy, welcome back to Digging Deep, and congratulations to you, your family, and your entire Phoenix Racing team on title number four. When I say four-time champion, Joel, uh, what is what does that mean to you? How does that feel to you? It's got to be over the moon feeling for you. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, first of all, thank you. It does feel just surreal. Just such an awesome season. And and obviously, I've never been this, I guess, dominant before in a season to lock it up around early. Like that in itself is just uh, mind boggling to me. And I'm, I'm just so happy, so fortunate that it went this well. You know, Pleasure Valley didn't go that great. And we uh, had our struggles there. But all in all, like, I think I did the math. I've only lost three motos this year mm -hmm. so um you know those three motos did cost me an in-ground pool a bet with my <laughs> boss and i did lose that so I'm a little oh. upset um but dude just it feels so good to uh you know hear you say that four-time champ um back to back like that's yeah. something i've never done two things that i've never done have happened this year mm -hmm. and uh it's just it's just so awesome so in you know the last two years so two years ago 
at this exact time, you were a two-time champion. Fast forward to today, you're a four-time champion. And I remember each of the last two years in our season preview shows, kind of stressing the importance of these past two championships for you. Cause I'm like, well, you know, these are big swing championships. If you get one or two and you get it to where you are now, where you're, you know, half of that record, or if it went the other way, you're like farther apart from it. So stressing how, how, you know, how big these last two titles were for you, because we know that you desire to get to and surpass that record eight number now, just like that, it feels like almost in short order, probably not for you because you're putting in all that work, but just like that, you're halfway there. And that's got to feel so damn good with the goals that you have out in front of you. Like it wasn't that long ago, you were just a two-time champ fast forward two years being at four. Like there's a, there's a really big difference there. Yeah, seriously. It's a huge difference. And uh, like Chad even said it on the podium and, you know, he's just had so much respect for me this season. I feel like uh, granted what happened at Gatorback, the whole shot incident, we had our troubles there and then, you know, kind of got through that and, you know, Ben really, really cool. Honestly, the stuff he said is just, uh, you know, made me smile sometimes on the podium. Just, he sounds like, you know, that I've been doing really good. Obviously he sees that, but you know, he said like I'm chopping away at his, his championship gap he has. And, and mm-hmm. to hear that, I was like, yeah, I guess, you know, I really am. And, and four mm-hmm. is we're, we're halfway there. Just so close. It feels like, but so yeah. far away, like two championships in a row was, uh, obviously the goal is, is the goal to win every year. And it just sometimes doesn't work out like that for me, but these past two years have been, um, hard to beat, honestly, especially yeah. this one is, is just kick ass. I mean, I don't know what else to say. Like the, the motos have been there. The, the overalls have been there. Yeah. Uh, got to work on my mud riding, of course, getting stuck on <laughs> berms does not help anything. But other than that, like when it's dry, I, I feel like I'm on, on a level right now that's going to be hard to beat and mm-hmm. i think i can keep that going we're going to be developing you know some new stuff with the phoenix crew trying to get me you know to another level hopefully mm-hmm. so we'll we'll see how that goes but right now i'm just focused on you know finishing the year out and then quad cross the nations like i told you i'm, I'm going to ride the the quad cross nations race machine right now to test it make sure everything's good so we're uh still got a lot on our plate uh, but we'll just keep digging, and I'd obviously like to leave the Reddas with another one-one finish. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I I had heard this past weekend that that the the crates or whatever's got to go out really soon. So I'm assuming that's why there's urgency to have you hop on that quad before that thing gets sent out, huh? Yeah, yeah. Twisted um, Development has done the tune on it, and uh, we're just mm-hmm. testing the fuel with that with that map, and got it. Um, basically, just giving it a shakedown and make sure everything's good to go. Sure. We had some troubles last year, so we want to make sure that uh, we don't have any issues going into this year and just go there and, you know, get another overall with Team USA. Got it. So one thing I don't want to pass by without commenting on is I feel like every time I've had you on, we talk about Chad in some way, shape or form, because I always say, and this is something that I've always you know thought and believe is you know that you guys are, your stories, your careers, your everything is always going to be you know, conjoined, right? You always are going to be two guys that are just like your, your guys are connected in a way. I mean, his eight titles, you were there for all of them. And obviously he was there for all of yours at this point, the reality. And it's so cool to hear all the credit and, and however you want to say it, all the positivity 
uh, affirmation almost that he's given you this season. It's really cool to hear that. And the reality of it is, Joel, I mean, he's the only guy at the races that can relate to you. There's not another dude standing there at the races that has the amount of titles you have other than him, you know? So it is really cool. I mean, you two are are probably, and there is respect there. I know that you guys have gone through your stuff over the years as any ultra competitive people would, but Mm -hmm. there's a lot of respect there because again, he knows how much work you have to put in to get to the level that you're at and, and vice versa. And you, I mean, I don't doubt the fact that, yeah, you guys are going to find a way to step up next season and get a little better with the Phoenix crew, because you've done that every single year at this point, especially in recent years so only Gary Denton and Chad Weenan have more titles than you at this point let me just say this because I don't know if anyone else has communicated this to you by now but you're tied with Tim Farr for the second most pro titles won in the history of ATV motocross Jeremiah is right there as well depending on how you decipher the GNC MX and 250 MX titles that was a little bit of a weird period there but these are the names that you're now you've now surpassed Gust, Natalie, Bird, Wimmer, Hit, Spader, Creamer, of course, many names that we grew up idolizing, Joel. And I can't even imagine how that must feel for you, buddy. You've literally made your dreams come true. And that's what every young person, every young child, whether it's a sports or a career, or however it is, whatever you dream of doing in your life, you're literally doing it all. You've done it all. You're, you're living out your dreams, becoming one of the greatest ATV motocross racers, ATV racers of all time. It's almost hard to put into words, even from my perspective. Cause I just, the older I get, the more I'm like, man, to see somebody truly executing their dreams is such an amazing thing. And then for you as a father to think, you know, of your daughter and your son thinking about dreaming, you know, growing up, dreaming to do things and thinking about your kids executing those things. Then I think about your parents and watching you do uh, the stuff that you've, you've done. I mean, I'm getting long winded here, but to think of all the names you're now ahead of in the, in the, the likes of, you know, the, the greatest, guys in our sport ever is where you're at now that's just such an incredible thing to think about yeah it's definitely uh, it's a special feeling it's a special moment um as a parent and i'm sure my parents uh obviously are really proud and and you know my mom was crying up on when i was up on the podium my dad he's just you know so proud of me like he he's mm-hmm. always been not really hard on me but he didn't cut me no slack and mm-hmm. uh that's that's why I'm where I'm at today and I'm still growing. And just, I learned a lot from him over the years of getting to this point. And, you know, we've, we've had our battles, but now I look back and I always tell uh, the younger kids, I'm like, I swear your dad is right. If you just listen to him, uh, he, he's not trying to hurt you. Like he's wanting the best for you. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, I had to learn the hard way with my dad is just, you know, he had a hard way of explaining it to me, but he, he was, he was right. And, uh, just feels so cool to have them still there. Just a huge help for, you know, with them at the track, taking care of my kids and, and, you know, just getting to share the the special moment that we've had the past two years. Uh, it's just an incredible feeling and, you know, it goes unmatched to, to any other feeling. So I'm just, super fortunate like that list of names i was listening and i damn near have every single one of them guys jerseys so obviously Mm -hmm. you can say like when i was a young kid i looked up to all them like i got tim farr's jersey still my parents jeremiah jones natalie's i don't know if i have creamers but 
you know, I've talked to these guys, I've got their, their signature, I've got their posters, I've got something mm-hmm. yeah. of all of those riders. And now I'm, I'm the rider that's signing the posters and giving the jerseys away and, yeah. and a, a four-time champion that's, you know, right in, right in the mix with some of the greatest of all time. So just super, super cool for me. And this has always been a dream, like you said, and like I told you before, like I, when I'm done, the goal is to be the best ever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're on the right track and there's still a lot of, a lot of room to catch up to, to get to that eight, eight championships, but you know, we're going to keep digging and, and having fun doing it. Like I was just asked just recently, like how, how much longer are you going to race? And I was like, well, Chad's 38. I'm 30. So I got at least eight more years. <laughs> so I, I think within that eight years, I should be you yeah. know, dang close. Yeah, no, I agree. We were talking about that at the dinner table the other night. And, uh, and I said, I'm like, man, Joel, Joel's not slowing down anytime soon. You've come, you've, you know, said that to me the last few times that we've talked about all this stuff and, uh, you're definitely on your way. This year has been another step forward, another jump up for sure. And the part that I've had a hard time kind of like putting into words is I don't know that I have the words to describe how perfectly you've executed this season. I mean, like you said, I mean, in nine races, you know, you wrap up this title, you were only moderately challenged at best, no discredit to anybody, but it just seemed like you were so on lock, so on point. And that's just a a testament to the level that you've got your program to at this point. It's really, you know, it's, it's amazing. Like you said, 14 moto wins, seven overalls. I know that there was, you know, the Gatorback incident obviously impacted some things and Pleasure Valley was a crapshoot, but it couldn't really like, it's hard to think of a season being executed any better than you executed this one, to be honest with you. Everybody dreams of a, a perfect season, right? But don't know that we've ever really seen that. So um, I guess that's yeah. another goal out there for you. But uh, <laughs> but what a what a perfect season it's been, man. Like, like I said, it was never in doubt. You've been from the first gate drop to the most recent one. You've been the guy setting the standard. And I've said on every one of these shows, Joel, it seems like you got extra speed and extra intensity and extra, you know, oomph in the, in the tank every single week. Like if you had to wick it up, you could. And, uh, man, it's just, it, it's crazy for me to think about being at that level where it's like, yeah, if I got to go faster, I will. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's weird because I feel, you know, that's how I felt all year. And that's like, I told you before, uh, on the previous show, like I wanted to be pressed you know i wanted to be challenged and i got that at sunset ridge with chad like yeah. i felt like that was the first round where i was you know definitely challenged through the moto like i still pulled a little gap but you know it was a it was a more difficult race than i had throughout the year and it just like it's a different mentality right now you know i will say briarcliff was a little bit different for me just because the championship i knew was on the line and yeah you know i, I felt like i rode tight and wasn't doing things that I maybe should have or could have like the at my riding school two weeks prior I I jumped one of the the walls on the the backside and broke an axle and crashed and so that was kind of in my head like don't freaking break this axle jumping this wall 400 feet you know like I don't need to do that uh but that was a track where you sort of needed to be aggressive off that stuff and I just felt Mm -hmm. like I wasn't and you know it didn't hurt you know my my performance but i know like in my mind uh like i told someone on the gate i think i told jeffrey i'm like dude at this point i wish you know i could just go out there and go balls of the wall and and not care about anything because i feel like i'd ride better 
but yeah. I got, I'm just like, I'm tight. I'm riding stressed. I'm riding for the championship. Mm-hmm. And like, I wanted to win the motos, but I was just worried about, you know, one, one kid or one guy, right. and it was Bryce just yeah. trying to get that, them points I needed. And after moto one, I'm like, okay, just got to get this moto two under my belt and we're, we're good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, after that, like now I, t- I tell everybody Loretta's I'm full sending. Like I'm it's on. Well, I feel like we saw that last year, Joel, where, you know, after you got out in front and the title was wrapped and all those things, I, you know, I think I kind of wondered like, what are we going to see fantasy purposes, especially, right? Like you're trying to predict how these things are going to go, not knowing what we're going to see. And I think you uncorked it at Loretta's more than we've ever seen before. So that's what I feel like we're going to see again. But you know, this season, like you said earlier is different. And that was on my mind very much after you sealed this, this championship, because this is the first time you ever clinched early and what a good feeling it must be to head to Loretta's completely stress-free, especially after some of the things that we've seen in the past there. I mean, to go to Loretta's and have, nothing on the line other than you know the 58th win of your career what a great feeling that must be yeah man that's it's awesome like as soon as Briarcliff second moto was over it was just like a huge relief off my chest just yeah okay now we can relax um obviously still working hard going riding today trained yesterday like I'm, I'm still putting in the work but now I can go to Loretta's like, I know it's terrible to say, but I told Carly, I was like, I'm, I'm winning or crashing. <laughs> like I'm going that fast that I, I'm like, and I hope it's a really good race too, but like, I, I'm right. just, I'm going for it. Like, I think it's a fun place. It's a fun track. And mm-hmm. there, there's some cool hits there that, you know, I haven't done over the years just because, okay, well, this is on the line or this is on the line. Mm-hmm. Well, now nothing's on the line. So we can jump the triple one story land. We can yep. jump that big single to the the other single coming out of the sand section. Like there's mm-hmm. just a bunch of stuff that I uh, didn't do last year that I wanted to do. And now we can go there and just put it out on the table. And mm-hmm. and hopefully, you know, it's a good race. Like Brandon rode really good at Briarcliff. Uh, yeah. We had a good first moto. And hopefully there's another good race because uh, that's, that's fun. That's, you know, gets you pumped up, gets the adrenaline going. Yeah. It gets you going for sure. That's, that's what I'm looking forward to. Obviously I want to win and, you know, go home happy, uh, mm-hmm. but having a really good race and winning, uh, that's, that'd be all the better. Oh, for sure. I think that everybody, everybody would love to see a good race. I mean, everybody loves seeing you win. I mean, you're the, you're the fan favorite for sure. I think everybody kind of, kind of, uh, it kind of fueled a little of the, ATV fan, ATV racing fan in us, like at Bud's Creek, we saw you and Chad battle a little bit, right? Like that was yeah. kind of one of the first times we've seen that all year where he led you a little bit. And that was some great racing. You know, like I said earlier, 14 moto wins, seven overalls, the latest of which was this one, one perfect day at Briarcliff. We kind of talked about, you know, you, or you said you had this championship was on your mind and that was uh, understandable for sure. Um, so I was going to have you tell me about that 57th win of your pro career. You kind of already did that already. The other thing that you kind of touched on is, you know, I know that you want to win every time out, you want to be top of the board every time out, but I have to believe that you probably were a little stoked for your buddy, Brandon Hogue, edging you out for fast qualifier. You ripped two whole shots, led uh, a lap in the second moto, a couple laps in the first moto. I've always considered Brandon to kind of be an understudy of yours. 
yours. And uh, I got to believe that you're, you, you got to be pretty proud of, of him. I mean, he's looks, he still to me looks like a little Joel Hetrick and, uh, <laughs> and that's, uh, it's just cool to see how far he's come and now to be there with you racing you hard in, in a, in a moto, like he did in that first moto, you know, that's a, that's a pretty cool thing to see. I'm sure you're I'm sure you're stoked for your buddy there. Yeah, definitely. Like his, his starts were on point. Um, you know, his qualifying laps, I think he got me the last lap of qualifying or something. Yeah. Cause I had like 0.8 of a second and I'm like, Oh, well I'm, you, I'm good. You, yeah. You got it. No right. And then I come back and they're like, yeah, you got second. I'm like, what? why? <laughs> what do you mean? No, I didn't. I'm like, no, it's wrong. And they're like, no, you, you got second. I'm like, Oh, whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm like, I was, I was pumped for him. You know, I knew that we, we talk about it, uh, frequently like him, his qualifying laps are, are usually blistering fast, especially at a track like Briarcliff. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's one thing he wanted to do going into that round. Like, like I said, we talked quite a bit, so I knew he wanted to get a qualifier and it's not like I gave it to him. That was like what a a 10th or whatever it was. It was a 10th. Yeah. Yeah. It was a a 10th. Yeah. So it was close and you know i was pushing um i don't think there's really anything different i could have done to pick up any time like the track was just really fast and you know you're entering the turns was everything and and making slight mistakes during that lap could have cost tense here and there and mm-hmm. you know for both of us that's probably what happened so we both could have probably had a better lap if you know every single thing went perfect but that that wasn't the case for either us of, uh, of us i'm sure we probably made a hiccup here or there right. um but yeah battling him in in the first moto you know i it was like three laps and uh i hit a different line than him and, and went around the outside and i could hear him uh because i watched him do this line uh the lap prior so i was trying to set it up got real close to him and set him up like so he i knew he was going to go outside inside okay and but he, but one thing he didn't do, like the lap before that, he would jump the single coming out of this line really hard. And he was like getting a little bit sideways. Same with me when you hit the line. Cause it's like mm-hmm. turning off the single. Sure. Well, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go inside outside and just try to sweep around. So it worked. I was sweeping around, but I can hear him like not going wide open. I'm like, Oh, okay. What's he doing? And I don't think like, you know, I don't know in his mind what he was doing, if, he, if that's the speed he was going to go. But, like, mm-hmm. I was just thinking, like, he could have probably hit that faster and maybe edged me out all the way down the straight. We would have been side by side. But I think, like, he didn't want to get reckless on me and, like, you know, sure. wreck me or something. Yep. Um, I'm not sure, but that's just in my mind. That's what I heard, and that's kind of what I felt. And I was like, oh, that's, you know, I respect that. Like, not wanting to get sketchy and land mm-hmm. sideways and, you know, happen to, you know, run into me or crash me or crashes both right like smart move he he gets behind me and he's falling you know hitting all the lines i'm hitting and there's i mean there's no no room after that like there, he's right on me the whole time and yeah i think we we're within like a second where i had a couple faster laps in a mid moto and then like typically what i do is run them fast laps to i get a gap and then i can like chill out for a lap or two well mm-hmm. i did that and my gap's only like 1.5. I I want, I looked at the lap times after yep. my gaps at like 1.5. I chill out for two laps. Well, he didn't chill out. So then he's, <laughs> he's right back within a second of me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Oh man. So two lap board comes out and I'm like, all right, I'm going to put down some two laps right here. 
and I put down one good lap, uh, two lap board on the two lap board. I put a put down a good lap, pulled a little bit back out, and then I saw his last lap. He was like, ah, you know, if in my eyes, mm-hmm. he was like, all right, whatever. Yeah. So then it pulled out to like 2.8. But I think if he would have just kept digging, it wouldn't have been like that gap at all. It would have been the same. Mm-hmm. And I think at that point he was like, all right, well, white flags out. This dude just <laughs> got back on the gas again. I don't know re- really what else to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's it, it was sick. Like, because I know how he rides and he he's watched like if you ask him, he's probably watched 100,000 hours of film of me. So he knows how I ride. Mm-hmm. Um. But there's just, you know, one thing that, you know, people don't know is the mentality that I carry into the races. And and he even touched on that to my wife. He's like, he's just, and he, I wasn't around, but he told her, he's, he's like, he's just a different dude on the track. Like, yeah. And I thought that was cool. Like, because when I'm on the track, it's just, I don't think about nothing but the next turn. So mm-hmm. um, I think he knows that. And he's obviously getting that and running that pace and, and being up there, you know, he battled with Chad at Budge Creek made a killer pass on him. So the dude is, is definitely going to be a threat. Uh, obviously he is right now. He just got to, you know, pull, pull a little bit together here and there. And, and, you know, I'm looking forward to the, the Brandon Hogue we're going to see in the future for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't want to put you in a weird place to talk about one of your competitors like that, but the reason why I wanted to talk, you know, I wanted to mention Brandon is because every time, and it was no different on Saturday after the races, I told him, I'm like, man, it just, I can't get out of my head. Every time I talk to the kid that it wasn't that many years ago, it was 2017, 2016, something like that, where he Mm -hmm. was staying with me, laying on the couch every single day, every single morning, every single night watching Joel Hattrick videos on his phone nonstop. So the, the the watching of, you know, film goes all the way back and back to then. And then, you know, I, I was telling, I was explaining to Brooke, my wife, the, the story of that, or, or even prior to that, Brandon showing up and, you know, at that, I think at underground on, and nobody knew who he was. And he was on a Joel Hattrick replica graphics quad. And if you remember, Jonathan being like, well, what the hell? I don't, you know, I don't want somebody out there running my corrosion specialties logo. <laughs> I don't even know who he is. Fast forward, yep. completely separate from that. Jonathan becomes one of Brandon's biggest sponsors and for years and helps him get to where he is today and all of this stuff. He's just, it's like the Brandon story, Hogue, the, I'm sorry, the Brandon Hogue story is amazing to think about. It's a, it, like he truly brought it all to life himself. And again, I always tell him, I'm like, man, you were the kid on, you know, on the couch or, or, you know, in, in bed at night, dreaming about playing against Michael Jordan. And now you're the kid playing against Michael Jordan. Like it's, it's amazing. And that's why I kind of wanted to, to touch on it from your perspective. Cause I've had the conversation with Brandon again, I had it this weekend, but I've had it, you know, umpteen times over the last handful of years and, uh, mm-hmm. wanted to be able to touch on it with you too. Cause it's, it's, pretty freaking cool. Like for him, even, even if it wasn't like, take the racing side out of it, he had a hero and now he's friends, you know, he's buddies with his hero and, you know, with the, on the box thing, he's kind of a little bit of a part of your program too. Like, that's just a, what a cool dynamic that is. I don't know. I didn't want to, didn't want to not touch on that. Like, I just think that that's oh, yeah. so, so rad. Yeah, it is. And, and for him to, uh, you know, guide me with, with the training and the nutrition and, uh, what's funny is he'll he'll put in our 
training. Like, watch this film from 2017, Muddy <laughs> Creek. And I'm thinking, I messaged him, like, why do you want me to watch this film? <laughs> well, just just to watch the lines and, and the technique. And I'm like, D- I, I know, it's me. I understand. I get the <laughs> film, buddy. And he's like, all right, well, just just watch it. Just I'm like, okay, I'll watch it. Um, but it's just cool because, you know, that just goes to show like how in depth of a person he is with that is like, yeah, okay, we're going to a track that's similar to let's say Muddy Creek. And he wants me to watch how I wrote at Muddy Creek. <laughs> okay. I get it. Like, I don't even I know, know that. Thinking. I don't even know yeah. anything about that. That's nuts. Yeah. He, he's something else. And like, I'm, you know, I do his training right now. Mm-hmm. So just, he is a, a part of the program and for him to, still do that and train me as a a top competitor that he is. And, Mm -hmm. you know, someone that he wants to beat obviously is me and he's not, you know, giving me the, I don't even know what to call it. He's not giving me, you know, the basic program. He's giving me the best thing he can to make me a better athlete. What I do on the quad Mm -hmm. um, is a different story. Like I have my own riding regimen and, and motos that I do, but he is making me the fittest I can be so that when I ride, I can ride to my full potential. And and to me, that's a, that's a big deal. It's a big part of the program. Uh, I try to give him props every, every time I can. I always tell him like, dude, if you don't, if you don't want to train me, just tell me, I understand. Yeah. Like I, I just, I believe in your training is, is the proper way to train. And uh, I, I would continue to do some sort of that, even if you weren't fully backing me. Um, but he's uh he's always like no if if I'm gonna beat you then I'm gonna beat you knowing you're doing everything you can do. Wow. I'm like okay I respect that. Yeah. Wow. What a what a what a thing that is. And and um and I think that that's just the kind of guy that he is. It's amazing. And then to think about I mean he self taught him all the all the fitness stuff. He self taught himself all of that. And yeah, does he does stock stuff right? And oh and, yeah, and he taught himself all of that. It's just amazing. Like the the kid is is just got no quit in him, and he'll he's yeah. like gonna tackle you, anything in front of him. You can't talk to him from eight thirty to twelve, <laughs> okay? Because he's he's trading okay just don't even yeah. try <laughs> he'll text me what's up i'm like do well, i need something i'm um... trading okay <laughs> whatever have fun oh man he was that's what he was telling me he's like yeah i had to go out of the track the other morning because i had to i had to get this trade done i had to find some service but uh yeah it's it's hilarious so uh we'll get you out of here pal but um you've already wrapped up this title but loretta's is still out in front of us at this point like we've been talking about so what do these next couple weeks look like for you are we celebrating uh do we stay Mm -hmm. grinding is it a little of both what what's the deal here well you know i wanted to i'm not a huge uh party guy or or drinker or anything like that yeah but i was i was trying to have a couple adult beverages at briarcliff and and everybody's just going to sleep so I just went to sleep and, you know, had no fun. No, I, I had some fun. I went to the pit bike track, with my kids and watched them ride their bicycles and, you know, did, did that. That's, that's like the fun I get right now is enjoying, you know, hanging out with them and watching them smile and all that. But, um, for, for the next two weeks or two and a half weeks, whatever we have, I'm going to still grind and, and ride. Like I didn't necessarily want to ride today, like I told you, but, um, they need me to test this machine. So I'm going out to black ankle. It's a track local to me, really good track, hard pack. Yeah. yeah it looks And, sick. uh, we're, yeah, it's super fun, big jumps. 
really good practice for Briarcliff. That's where I rode a lot. Um, but we'll go out here and ride, get a couple motos in, probably put like 30, 40 minutes on this bike, make sure it's good. Then I probably won't ride till next week or maybe this weekend. They actually, when I came into Phoenix today, they like, we got a surprise for you. I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. These guys, they're like jokesters. They think it's all funny. I'm like, I can't even imagine what this is going to be. Okay. So I'm walking in. They're like, close your eyes. I close my eyes. I walk over to the, the dirt bike side and they're like, okay, open your eyes, open my eyes. They got a, they got a dirt bike for me with my graphics on it. And they're like, we're going to go do some riding now that you, you locked it up. So I thought that was really cool. Nice. I haven't rode a dirt bike in a long time, but they all go out to like these night practices and stuff like that. And yeah, most of the bike guys on the team just go have some fun. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, Heath Harrison team manager just got Loretta's coming up this, mm -hmm. I guess next week. So yeah, he's uh, training for that. So hopefully we can get all, we can all get some riding in soon on the dirt bikes. I think that'd be really fun. But um, yeah, as far as the quad stuff, just ride here and there, uh, stay healthy. We got, this last round, which obviously means a lot to me to go out on a good note and then quad cross. So I'm just going to keep busting my butt, man. And I'd really like to, to one, one Loretta's. I know everybody's going to be pushing. It's going to, hopefully it's going to be hot and dry, like hot, humid and dry. That's, that's what I want Loretta's to be. Yeah. I think, uh, I think that that's probably what everybody wants. Hopefully not, uh, <laughs> yeah. hopefully not any wild cards with any kind of, uh, rain or anything like that, but yeah, uh, should be, should be fun. The dirt bike thing is super cool. We'll look forward to seeing Heath get some hole shots next weekend or next week at, uh, Loretta's that'd be cool. But yeah, he's uh, a whole shot monster. Yeah, he is. But buddy, you know, we can get you out of here uh on that note, but wanted to chat with you for sure. Wouldn't have been right to not chat with you about this fourth title of yours. I can't thank you enough for always making time for us. We appreciate you so much. And uh you're always so good to us here on the show. So I can't thank you enough for that. It was awesome to be in attendance to see you wrap that thing up last weekend. And uh man, four titles. It's uh it's amazing to think about. Yeah, it definitely is. It's uh dream dreams coming true that's for sure like you said it's this is a dream so i appreciate the time and of course anytime you want me to hop on here i'm happy to talk i like i told you before i'm a sort of a bs or so i can talk about racing for for hours and you know i appreciate the time and and all the good words so thank you and uh yeah we'll talk soon all right pal we'll do a little celebrating find a way to celebrate some way shape or form travel safe down to loretta's and uh we'll meet you down there one last time for uh for this atv motocross season before we call it a, a conclusion of this atv motocross season and call it complete but congrats again buddy thanks so much and we'll see you soon okay yep thanks cody see you soon that's 2023 and four time atv motocross pro class national champion joel hetrick signing off right here on the digging deep atv mx podcast brought to you by valvoline see you soon buddy thanks so much see ya thanks we'll get right back to the show but now a word from our sponsors and thank you for listening to these ads. Without these great companies, none of this would be possible. Show your support for the people who support us. The official tire choice of Digging Deep, CST tires are the choice of ATV Racing's elite on the track, in the woods, and every other terrain. CST tires swept the ATV Racing world in 2022 as Joel Hetrick, Bryson Neal, and Bo Barron rode their Pulse MXR and Pulse HT tires to an ATV Pro Motocross title, GNCC XC1 Pro title, and 10th ATV Pro Works Racing title, respectfully. Led by champion Joel Hetrick and podium contenders Bryce Ford, Jeffrey 
Mastrelli and Nick Janusa, CST's Pulse MXR tire is the most trusted tire in ATV motocross today. Available in soft and standard compounds, the Pulse MXR offers the highest level of traction, most predictable cornering, and superior wear characteristics when compared to the competition. And did I mention they have a contingency program as well? Visit shop.csttires.com to join the CST takeover today, or prepare to be beat by someone who did. The best of the best choose CST. Do you? You know we're Team Blue Crew here at the Digging Deep ATV MX podcast, as the Yamaha YFZ450R is the official ATV of Digging Deep. In a move started by eight-time ATV MX Pro Class National Champion Chad Weenan, who with his next championship will become the winningest champion in ATV motocross history, we are living in ATV Racing's YFZ450R era. Alongside Weenan, seven-time GNCC XC1 Pro ATV National Champion Walker Fowler welcomed a pair of new champions to the Yamaha Champions Club as the podium-proven Yamaha YFC450R proved to be the winning choice for Joel Hetrick and Bryson Neal. This unprecedented success for the YFC450R, its unrivaled quality and performance, and the clear fact that Yamaha is the leading OEM supporter of ATV racing has resulted in a complete Yamaha takeover within the sport quad market. Evident by the continuation of Yamaha's Blue Crew Racer Support Program, Yamaha riders will once again cash in on payout and prize opportunities in 2023, including a chance to win a brand new YFZ450R. For more info, head over to YamahaBlueCrew.com. Follow Yamaha Outdoors as well as the new Blue Crew official channel on social media and check out Yamaha's full proven off-road lineup at YamahaOutdoors.com today. SSI decals, your decals, your way. SSI decals sets the standard with the best looking decals, graphics kits, and vinyl wraps in the industry. Established in 1947, SSI took shape as an offshoot of their parent company by doing a little work for local pro Chad Weenan. Nearly two decades later and fueled by a passion for ATVs, the company has flourished into one of ATV Moto's most recognized brands. From ATV Motocross, SSI has expanded into graphics and design work for top racers in GNCC, works racing, pro motocross and supercross, off-road, and more, headlined by eight-time world champion top fuel drag racer Clay Milliken. Whether your project is big or small, SSI decals will make your identity stick. Get started today at SSIDecals.com and use code DIGGINGDEEP10 for 10% off at checkout. Things are about to get sick. The Digging Deep ATVMX podcast is brought to you in part by DID and their wide range of championship winning chains. From the street to the track and everywhere in between, DID chains are designed to give you the optimal riding experience with great performance and increased chain life. Consistent to the core, pick up your box of reliability today. DID, what drives you? We are proud to be partnered with Namira Technologies. For over 20 years, Namira has pushed the limit of value and reliability in the ATV and side-by-side market. Covering more applications than anyone in the industry, Namira's full line of cast and forged pistons, connecting rods, gasket kits, and industry-leading top-end repair kits and more have led to higher overall engine performance for your machine. Visit your local dealer or online at www.namira.com and follow along on Instagram for giveaways and exciting new products in 2023. Namira Technologies, your one-stop shop engine component supplier. We are pleased to be partnered with Bronco ATV and UTV Components. Bronco has been an industry leader in replacement hard parts and accessories for all makes and models for over 15 years. With a catalog that includes a full line of electrical components, engine internals and cylinders, shock and suspension parts, winches, clutch kits, valves, carb kits, bearing kits, and drive chain parts, 
Bronco is your hard part source for whatever you need for whatever you ride. Available exclusively through distributors around the world. Visit your local dealer or online at broncoatv.com. For over 150 years, Valvoline has been dedicated to constant improvement and innovation across all disciplines of racing. As a proud member of Team Valvoline for nearly a decade, I have witnessed their unwavering commitment to pushing the boundaries of performance. Valvoline has sponsored some of the greatest names in motorsports, solidifying their position as a powerhouse in the industry. Being a part of this historically great team has been an incredible privilege. When it comes to my equipment, whether it's my daily commuting vehicles, race quads, or anything in between, I trust nothing but Valvoline. Their range of products and lubricants consistently delivers increased horsepower, durability, and engine life. While Valvoline's latest innovation, the Valvoline Ultimate Power Sports line, stands out as a true game changer, their entire lineup deserves recognition. With the Ultimate Power Sports, I've experienced unparalleled performance on the track and beyond. Its advanced synthetic formula is specifically engineered for high-performance power sports vehicles, delivering unmatched power, protection, and endurance. Upgrade to Valvoline today and experience the difference for yourself. Visit ValvolineGlobal.com to explore their full range of products, including the groundbreaking Valvoline Ultimate Power Sports. Discover why Valvoline has been a trusted name in the racing industry for over a century. All right, guys, back here with Vince Merman talking Briarcliff 2023 on the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. And Vince, we just heard from Joel Hetrick there. Dude is now tied for second most titles won in ATV motocross. It's absolutely unreal. And he made it look so damn easy this year, pal. It's hard to even put it into words. Like, I feel like I've ran out of adjectives at this point, but uh, he's been, he had this season so on lock, like the, the starts, I know we didn't see it this past weekend, but you know, the, the fast qualifiers, the starts, like he basically, I mean, he led so many laps. I would love to see the, the number of laps led by this guy. He was just so on point this year. He took another step forward. It was uh, amazing to see. So being a dude out there on the track with him, like you are, uh, I just shoot. I don't, I, I don't have any words left for him. I don't know if you do. Yeah, no, Joel was definitely on another level this year. Even you can kind of tell just when we were training and stuff, it was like, Joel's always like fast, always faster than everybody. It just, he just seemed fat, like he was going faster somehow, mm-hmm. you know, then he had fast, but Joel, like Joel will get out front and kind of just be on cruise. Maybe besides this weekend when Brandon was close to him, but I feel like a lot of the time Joel is just so fast that he'll get out and he's on cruise mode and he's really not pushing that hard, which is just insane. And then like he has a whole nother like mode, like he has a whole nother level that he can get to when he needs to, but he's yeah. like only in panic mode or something. It's it's just, it's crazy. Well, and that's the part that stands out to me is he was clearly faster this year, but at the same time, he was somehow more in control. Like he, like it didn't look like he was pushing it to the limit. And that's something I've said all season long is he's clearly got speed in the tank that he can pull out if he needs it. And I just can't imagine what that must feel like. Right. Like, can you imagine what it would feel like to just be like, yeah, if I need to go faster, I will, but I don't have to. No, it's, (laughs) I wish. Yeah. but it, I mean, it is awesome being out on the track with him for sure. But it's just crazy, like the just the difference. And there's no bigger step from like from pro am to pro. But then, like even when you're in pro, it's like there's more steps even to it. 
There's right, tears. It's... Yeah, there's yeah. tears. It's crazy. But in and I think that the cool thing too, at least from my perspective, kind of, you know, being, you know, a pro with him for a number of years and being, you know, at kind of the top amateur classes for most of Joel's career at this point, uh, being about the same age as where I'm at with Joel, I feel like to see him turn into such a pro's pro has been really cool for me to see too. Like, you know, he was a kid when I was a kid and then, a you know, a young pro who was a little wild at the beginning. And now he's just so freaking solid in every way. Like it's, it's just a, it's a cool thing to see, to watch him, you know, move that, that title number to four now, and to think about what the next five, six, seven years might look like for him. It's uh shoot. It's, it's exciting. You know, I mean, could like Joel and the class is getting better and better, but I mean, Joel wants to win every moto. So like the, the level's just going to keep getting higher and higher. It's, it's nuts. Yeah. And like a, a few races ago, I remember saying, like I was like if Joel keeps riding this way I was like Joel could just possibly never get beat again like <laughs> oh and like, happens or a break or something but yeah I mean as the way that he rides like he could go unbeated for a little while yeah no I I agree I just said that you know we just had him on the show and I said that to him I'm like man like the undefeated season might be the next next goal because I don't I don't know what's going to happen here. Like again, the the class is getting better. There's dudes that are like chipping into you know that gap or whatever. Right. I mean, we see Brandon and Bryce is obviously really good, and you know you got to name everybody. Janusa just got a podium, and Rastrelli's always saw. I mean, there's so many good guys, but at the same time, Joel just keeps finding ways to go faster and faster. It's it's uh it's it's unreal. It is cool to see everybody like. Nick's been getting a lot better or not getting a lot better, but like he's been doing a lot better in qualifying towards For the sure. end of the year. I felt yeah. like Jeff been doing better towards the end of the year and mm -hmm. just everybody's riding pretty good. Yeah. And we'll get into all of these guys. We'll touch on every guy, but, but yeah, like you mentioned, you know, Nick has been, he's clearly taken a step with ever like his program and his qualifying and his starts. I mean, he's taken Start. a step for sure. Uh, Jeffrey who, like it's almost now he's been so solid for a number of years, but I just, I was just shoot. I was just BSing with him last night and I'm like, man, it wasn't that long ago where he, it was like 2020 and he's like, man, I'm done. I'm over it. You know, my health ain't good. I'm not happy with the stuff I'm riding, like all these things. And now he goes out on his own and he's gosh, I just, I, again, he's become so solid that now when you see him in third in fourth, every single weekend, like it's, it's, uh, it's no surprise. And when he was doing that with Thomas, you know, way back in their career, like a, a handful of years ago, those were kind of the only two guys fighting for that third spot. Now there's five dudes fighting for it and he's still there every weekend. So I feel like you can't even give the guy enough credit because he could have, it would have been easy for easier for him to walk away a number of years ago. And he didn't, and he came back to fight and like, it's just, it's really cool to see. I mean, obviously sport is better with Jeffrey in it than, you know, without him in it kind of thing. Right. So, um, so yeah, let's, let's recap the rest of this moto two here, pal, and then get into all the, all the other things going on. So Chad Weenan made the move on Rastrelli for second on lap three and never looked back. Bryce Ford would 
claim third as his own at the midway point. So Jeffrey would end up finishing fourth, Janusa fifth, another heck of a ride for Wesley Wolf in sixth. Brandon Hogue would uh, get up to seventh after that early race get off. Your overall podium would be Joel Hetrick 1-1, Chad Wienan 3-2, and Bryce Ford 5-3. Until it wasn't, because we both know that that's not how it ended, and there was more stuff that went on, and that's not how the results sheet looks now. So uh, when did you fe- first hear about this protest, Vince? Tell me about that. Um, I first heard about it. I just heard people like kind of talking about it like while the podium was going on, because I was just kind of over there, and people were saying, like, then people start coming up to me and asking if... <laughs> okay. so- asking if the windrow was marked and i was like i i really hadn't been over that side of the track like i was sitting by the whole shot most of the day i would go over there but like i don't know i just i couldn't remember so i i rode down there at it and i was like yeah it's marked i asked the flagger if it was marked all day he said it was marked and i had to ask him where they were crossing at because i couldn't tell because like it's a wall but there was kind of a and like I saw where they were crossing at but then I, I kind of just went back to refin and then the next moto I think was the pro sport moto and then I saw Harv and Chad and Jeremy all walking down to that corner because yep. like at first I was like I don't, like, I don't really know like it's mm-hmm. smart like I, I didn't really think it was going to become anything and then it became yeah. this huge deal yeah it, it definitely it definitely became a huge deal i think the the internet is uh probably still on fire from it i try to stay out of all that but yeah um, I, so i wasn't on facebook wasn't on me neither no, no me neither um even like i didn't literally open facebook until i got home on yeah monday morning at 10 o'clock like i like doing the announcing gig and everything else like it was so long and i was so exhausted and honestly i didn't even want to like see anything i just i just i didn't i didn't even see it but uh but yeah so so what vince is referencing so in the middle of the racetrack there was a step up into the sandy split you know s corner thing leading up to Bigfoot. I'm sure people have seen the pictures of it by now and all these things. Well, there's a rule that reads if there's a split lane section and it's separated by a dirt mound or track markers that disregarding said berm or track markers is essentially quote unquote cutting the track. So it was, uh, it was ruled that Weenan Ford and Restrelli all did that in Moto2. Chad Weenan did it. The other two might have seen him do it and followed suit, monkey see, monkey do kind of thing. So Bryce Ford was docked one position, as was Restrelli. And as for Weenan, he was docked two spots, one for using the line and one for using the line to pass Jeffrey Restrelli. So Joel remained unaffected by this, of course. He had nothing to do with it. Even being docked two spots, three, four was good enough to earn Chad Weenan second overall on the day. So he still goes three, four, but he couldn't have been stoked about it. I'm sure because that was four valuable points towards this battle that him and Bryce are in for second in points. So I'm sure he wasn't stoked. And that's kind of when I first, like, I didn't, th- I didn't see it mid race. I'll, I'll say that right now. I didn't see it. There was enough going on. My, my attention was trying to commentate and all these things. So I didn't see this going on in the race, but then during the 
Pro Sport Moto, which was directly after the pro race, I did see it. I saw Blair Miller use that line, and then I saw Jeremy and Harv and Chad down there. So that's when I started to get an inkling that something might be up, because I remember saying like, oh, that was a... That was a good line by Blair Miller there going inside, inside, you know, inside on the start of the split section, hopping the windrow, like you said, and back inside right before Bigfoot. So that's when I first started to to see this. So Joel Hatcher goes one, one, Chad Wienan now docked two spots in that second moto three, four, still good enough for second overall. But then after that is where it gets dicey Vince, because Nick Janusa he goes from being fifth in that second moto in seven, five would have put him sixth overall, but with Weenan being docked two spots and Ford being docked a spot and, and same with Rastrelli that moves Janusa up to second in the second moto and all the way to third overall. So yeah, I, so this is what I want to say, and I'm trying to do my best to, to really like fill in all the craziness here, because until this point, I basically wanted to stay out of it online because until yesterday at 5 PM, it wasn't official. There was an appeal period and all right. these things. There, an appeal didn't happen. There was no appeal. The appeal period was exhausted. So these results are final. This is not going to change. So, so that was the thing I wanted the dust to settle on all this before I commented on it and, and all that stuff. I've been in the middle of these conversations since Saturday, basically. So I've been privy to a lot of the information, but the part that, that bums me out. So I'm bummed for every one of these guys, probably in one way or another, but I'm probably bummed for Nick more than I am anybody because however it worked out in the, in the, you know, the results book or whatever, the stats book. He earns the the fourth podium of his professional career, however it worked out again. And he probably feels like he can't broadcast it as such. So Bryce was the one on the podium, you know, for the photo ops and all that stuff. Everybody's going to remember Bryce being the podium guy, but Nick earns his fourth career podium. And I don't know if he's posted anything on social media or not. I, I didn't should have looked before this uh, conversation of ours, but I'm sure he feels like I'm sure all of these guys don't really know what to say. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's kind of by technicality, so, you know, you don't want to be all boastful about it. Nick, I mean, I'm sure was happy that he followed the rules and, you know, and mm -hmm. it worked and helped out, but, you know, it's not how you want to do it. No. And I think that it was important. He commented on one of our posts. He, I think he probably wanted to clear the air, like, hey, I got, I, I'm third overall on the sheet, but I didn't do the protest. Like, I had... Like that, he's he was a beneficiary in a way, but had nothing to do with it at the same time. Yeah, yeah, I I remember talking to him about it at first, and when I kind of first knew what I thought was going to happen, I was like, I think you're about to be on the podium. Yeah, and like wow, the first time I ever followed the rules and it actually worked out. <laughs> right, right, yeah. So I I like I said, I feel for these guys a little bit, but. This is how it's going to go down. This is final. Nick Janusa, credit to him. He ends up 7-2 for third overall on the day. And to start the day, Vince, down in the first corner in that first moto, no matter where he was going to finish on the overall sheet, uh, 
it would have stuck with me how good he was in that first moto racing up through the pack and mm-hmm. to have the day start that way. And then officially end with a podium for him. That's pretty right. damn impressive. That's cool. Yeah. So, so good for him. So Bryce Ford, he ends up going officially five, three mm-hmm. uh, for, for fourth overall on the day. So with all the changes, Bryce, you know, slides from third to fourth, but it actually helps him in a way. Cause now he went from, I believe having a 16 point lead, I think to having an, a 19 or 17, whatever it would have been either way. He's got a 19 point lead on Chad heading into the finale. So things actually maybe points wise worked out for Bryce better than if he finished third. That's, that's crazy to think about that way. But, uh, but yeah, it looks like he's very much in the driver's seat for that number two spot, as long as nothing crazy happens at the finale and uh, credit to him, man, to have raced a whole season. Like I know Chad, we've talked about it. Like Chad goes through the collarbone things, been on the comeback trail, (laughs) huge credit to him, all those things. But Bryce to think for a whole season, he's been able to keep Chad at bay. Like that's a, that's a credit to him. So that's how it's going to go down. So Janusa's third, Bryce Ford fourth, Brandon Hogue ends up fifth. Now, Brandon Hogue is unaffected by all of this. He straight up goes <laughs> two seven, uh, which is good enough for fifth overall on the day. So we talked about Brandon Hogue sixth ends up being Jeffrey Rastrelli uh, bummed for Jeffrey, the way that it played out. And obviously the way the overalls play out, cause he was, he was probably better than sixth overall on the day. Once you say Vince, it just seemed to me, I test was that he was better than sixth overall on the day, but the way it works out four or five, he ends up sixth. Then you feel for Jeffrey probably because he gets passed by, by Chad in the, this line and then follows suit and then gets docked. And I, I it's just uh, like, I don't really know what to say other than that. He was better than sixth overall, but he's going to end up sixth overall. Yeah. And he, cause I talked to him about it after the moto to me and him and Harv were talking. Okay. And he even said like, he knew that he knew you were supposed to do it, but when he sees Chad pass him doing it and then to pull away from him continuously doing it, it I mean, I would have done the same yeah, thing for sure. I would have fallen for sure. Like that's, that's why I feel bad for him. And I think that, I think that even, so I know that there was a precedent set by like other AMA rulings in the past. Like I know that that's how Harv felt about this whole situation. I guess I have to say that I think everybody involved, nobody feels like it's egregious. Like that's not it. Nobody right. went into this wanting to change the way that everything played out and, and all of that stuff, right? Like it, it clearly wasn't egregious, but by the letter of the law, the track was quote unquote cut And I, and I think that what made it probably worse. And I would like, maybe nothing would have happened had a pass not been made in that section, you know, like, I right. think that that did make it probably worse and brought more attention to it. And, uh, I, it's just, I, I do want to say that, that nobody, nobody from the AMA all the way down thinks it's egregious, but again, by the, by the rule book, it like 
the track was cut because there was a windrow and more specifically markers there. Like I wondered if the markers were not there. I know it says in the, in the rule book, the, the windrow or the berm can also, you know, can also be the edge of a racetrack that's now subject to basically the referee. But I think the track markers are what make it probably more like, yeah, you yeah. probably shouldn't do that, right? That's exactly what I said. I because like in the rule book it says dirt mounds, but yeah. in the past or anything, like I really don't think anybody would even have known that, let alone like sorry to make a pro over if it was just a dirt mound, but because there were the markers on there, I think it kind of solidified it as a boundary. Yep. But like say the markers weren't there, the pass was still made. Like, I feel like it would be even a more complicated situation because in the rule book, it says dirt mound, but it's like, yeah, you know, it's, yeah, no, I, I agree. I, there was multiple times in my pro career. I very much remember, you know, having a split lane like that. And, you know, you'd see a mark from one person going across it. And I don't know how many people did, but I know that there was many times where I was that guy. The The one thing I will say though, is that I never remember there being markers, at least in the situations that, that, that I was a part of. So, uh, would have, you're right. It probably would have complicated it, but I wonder if nothing would have happened if the markers were not there. So that's kind of, that'll conclude that whole thing. I know it's just, it's such a like gray area kind of thing. Well, which is exactly where my, my comment came from with the markers, the markers are what I think make it so that, okay. It's like, yeah, like you can't disregard it. If I got a rule on a piece of paper here, you can't just disregard it because you don't think it's that bad. right? Right. So, but I think without the markers, yes, it's gray, but it's maybe like, okay, like I can see it, but if enough guys were doing, you know what I mean? So, um, so so yeah, that'll, that'll do it for that whole thing. I was hoping that we executed that. Well, I actually feel like it couldn't have been explained any better. I I feel like, so we'll pick up then with the, the rest of our class here. So Wesley Wolf, he ends up now. And so now we're past that, like none of nobody now is affected by that conversation there. So Wesley Wolf, he ends up seventh overall. He goes six, six, uh, best race of his season. And he was kind of alone all day. Like I was, I don't know if you paid attention to Wesley, but he was uh, really, really impressive for me. I know he's had seventh overall earlier in the year. I think he had one of them, but to be six, six kind of alone in both motos, just a tick off of that top five. I just, I really came away impressed with Wesley Wolf on, on this day at Briarcliff. Like it just seemed like this was his, his best day of the season. And the two sixth in the motos would, would say that as well. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think it was the first moto. Yeah, the first moto was like Joel and Brandon, Chad, Bryce, and Jeffrey. And then there was like five seconds ahead of Wesley and five seconds behind Wesley. Exactly. Yeah. And it, so it, it was cool to see him just kind of hanging out in six. Yeah. So that, that can be a tough place to be in kind of a no man's land if you're not racing with everybody, but yeah, he made it look easy. You can, you can't miss him on the racetrack cause he's revving that thing to the moon and, um, and yeah, awesome, awesome day for him. So seventh overall for Wesley Wolf eighth was Kevin Sar, uh, nine, eight for eighth, second best finish of his career here in the pro class in the States clinched rookie of the year honors. 
Uh, he does qualify for rookie of the year here in the States. And uh, he clinched that with uh, this, this eighth place finish at Briarcliff. So uh, credit to Kevin Saar and uh, man, he's been a great addition to this class. I've said it a number of times, Vince, but it's pretty cool to see him out there and you can really see him finding his footing now. And he's like, just, you know, he's taken steps slowly, but surely throughout the season here. And I think that if they bring him back and I know they want him back for next year, I wonder if we can't see him kind of push to be uh kind of a weekly top five guy like i i almost feel like that could be a thing because to go into all these racetracks blind having never ridden basically no. any of these racetracks and to think what he's doing like it's it shows how good of a rider he is you know like i feel like i could watch the guy all day long like his i love his riding style he's so smooth he's so in control he just you can tell how great of a rider he is and shoot i don't want to think about this class without him out there now now it's been awesome to have him uh in the pro class this year and he's he's just been you know getting a little better at each round i mean and we're there's been multiple times where we've been battling or by each other in the motos and he's a he's a good rider and uh He's just impressive. He, I think he might be one of the best guys we've had from, you know, foreign places or anything. And I mean, he yeah. just keeps improving. And there was even a, a few months ago, we were at Briarcliff for just like a practice day. And mm-hmm. I think in at Brett's or something, and he showed up and we ended up doing like three motos together, not even talking about it or nothing. We just kind of went out at the same time. Yeah. And like I still have a mark on my Nerf bar from us just bumping. <laughs> nice. That's like riding together. He's a good dude. He's he's a really good dude. Somebody commented on on one of our posts in the last couple of days. And, you know, as I outlined kind of the great weekend he had, as we kind of, you know, talk about the pro-am stuff too, he went one, one in pro-am and took a big chunk or a chunk out of the points there. And it's single digits in the pro-am class heading to the finale and all those things. Awesome weekend that he had. And somebody commented on, on it and said, you know, not to mention, he's just a great dude. And uh, yeah, super like, like, like as nice of a guy as it probably is at the racetrack, you know, um, just you love to see that. So I love having him here in the States. He was walking around in a digging deep shirt on, on Sunday. Just, uh, man, that's the the coolest thing for me. So, um, then ninth overall Aaron Salinas, this was his first top 10 finish of his career. Best career finish, obviously as a pro 10, nine for ninth. And man, that was awesome to see. So let's get Aaron Salinas in here to talk about a uh, great showing there in Ohio. All right, guys, brought to you by our new friends at Caldera Lab and their high-performance men's skincare products and regimen. We all know moto is a gnarly sport. It can be hard on our skin. So allow Caldera Lab to help you achieve your skincare goals this summer. Get 20% off with our code DIGGINGDEEP20 at calderalab.com slash DIGGINGDEEP20. Stoked to talk to this next guest following the best day of his young professional career. He finished ninth overall at Briarcliff. Say hello to Mr. Aaron Salinas. Aaron, buddy, welcome back to Digging Deep. It's been about a year, I think. So uh, thanks so much for being here, pal. Been looking uh, looking forward to a conversation like this for for uh, a number of rounds, it feels like. Yeah, appreciate it, Cody. Appreciate you having me on. Uh, yeah, it's been long overdue, that top 10. So finally got it done here at Briarcliff. 
Yeah, for sure. 10, nine this past weekend. First time for you in the top 10, first top 10 finish of your career, career best finish, of course. Uh, it finally came together, pal. Uh, it, that's got to feel so good. Um, I feel like you've been on the cusp. You know, there was a number of races there where you were in the top 10 and some fluke thing happened or whatever it was. But uh, man, it finally came together. Hell of a weekend for you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, it feels like there was some races where I was feeling pretty good and then you know, like Bud's Creek, I was running pretty, pretty yep. good that first moto and then cut a tire mm -hmm. and that kind of ended that race. And then, yeah, I mean, sunset, I think I was, I don't remember what place I was in. I think around the top 10 and then yep. my a arm kind of just a few bad, bad luck thing, fluke things, like you said, and mm -hmm. yeah, excited to finally get it done. Yeah, for sure, man. We were stoked for you. And it's probably like, it's not the worst thing to get all maybe that stuff out of your system as a rookie, right? Obviously when you're going through it, it doesn't feel that way, but uh, just growing pains and you're going to be that much better for it in the future. So take me through what the, this first season as a pro has been like a year ago at this time, you and Dane Molander are battling, you know, tooth and nail as the clear cut favorites in pro-am, but life in the pro class is very different. So what has that experience been like? Like, do do you feel like a pro at this point? Cause I remember when I went pro, I was like, man, I like, I like, am I worthy of this or, you know, whatever. I don't know how to say that or whatever, but how has the experience been? No, it's been great. I mean, riding with all the, I mean, the best guys in the world really. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it kind of, it's, it's hard kind of getting beat in pretty, <laughs> it's pretty rough, but I mean, top, I mean, a top 10, the goal that I had. So yeah, it's kind of, good to get that off off my shoulders and keep on going forward really well and and you look at how good that top 10 is you know like let's look at the list here hetrick Weenan, Janusa, Ford, Hogue, Rastrelli, Wolf, Sar, Salinas, Linquist. You know, like there's there, and, and then you could go all the way the rest of the way down the list, and there's not a single slouch in the entire class. Like the class is is gnarly. So I guess what I always ask the rookies is, is it what you expected? Like, is the pro class what you expected? Is the pro class experience what you expected? So what would your answer be to that? Like, has it been harder than you thought? Has it been like like tell me about that? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely been harder than I, I thought. I think all of us kind of, like, got yeah. waking up from that. And uh, it's really the, the biggest thing is is keeping the pace for the whole moto. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like, especially later on in the season, now that I've been riding more and stuff like that, been riding with those guys, my speed's there. It's just mm -hmm. keeping that pace for the 20 plus 2, yeah. 18 plus 2. Yeah. It ends up being damn near 25 minutes, you know, sometimes yeah. 23, 25 minutes. That's a really, that's a really long time. Um, but yeah, your speed has not been an issue because like so often, you know, we, we look at things for fantasy terms or whatever, and you're inside the top 10 sometimes and qualifying and your lap times are really, really, really good. Uh, so I feel like speed, especially in the last handful of races here, like, like speed has not been an issue. It's just been putting the whole thing together. And that's what some of these, you know, that's what you do as a pro, as you become a more seasoned pro you just find your footing. It's, it's easier to know what to expect. And like, you just continue to take steps forward. You've done that. You've taken steps forward this season, but I'm sure if you think back to where you were at Daytona, it probably feels like, like a lifetime ago. Yeah. hundred percent. Also riding here where I am. I mean, it's just me. So there's no one really tell me push kind of that intensity. And, uh, 
yeah, yeah this past before Briarcliff, I was uh, able to ride with uh, Logan Stanfield, Max Linquist, and uh, me and Jeffrey got together quite a bit, nice. and that was like that was a big help. Those guys yeah. kind of you push the whole moto. I mean, we were doing uh, me and Jeffrey one day. We did two thirties, and that was pretty pretty legit and. I feel like it definitely paid off for sure. I'm sure that that helps a ton. Like that helps exponentially. And I know that that's a conversation you and I have had before. Like that is a, not the easiest thing coming from where you come from in Texas, right? Like you're kind of doing your own thing. And I remember probably saying to you word for word, like that was something that I didn't do enough in my pro career was ride with some of those other guys. Cause then like the worst thing you could do, it's not that I wasn't training or had, you know, good machines or whatever, like that wasn't an issue, but it's really hard when you show up to the racetrack and like, you don't want to be startled by the speed that the other dudes are going. I'm not, that's not been your problem. Your speed has been good, but I'm just saying like the more time you can spend with some other fast guys, I feel like that bodes well going forward, especially when, you know, obviously it's your friends, the, the Logan's maxes, like dudes that, you know, you've been tight with for years and years. Like if you can spend time spinning laps with them, practicing all those things, that's going to make the races come that much easier. And, and you're right. We probably saw that this weekend. That was, I mean, you were top 10 all weekend, basically. And it and it showed up on the results sheet, and that's probably one of the reasons why. Yeah, hundred percent. It's just kind of the position that I'm in, really. Like you were talking about, I train. I mean, every day. Mm-hmm. It's not a lack of training, really. It's just a lack of the intensity of mm-hmm. of the motos. So, hopefully, I can now that I've r- ridden with those guys this past few rounds, I've I can kind of pick it up while I'm riding by myself. But yeah, for sure, it's definitely tough. But just trying to get through it. <laughs> And that was one of the things too, that I like, I didn't know how to evaluate coming into the season because knowing that, you know, you're a college student and on all the stuff that comes with that, like, um, I didn't know how much riding you had done and things like, you're just on a different schedule kind of than most of the other guys. And then when you factor that in to, you know, to your whole program and your year and all those things like that being kind of another hurdle, it's a, it's honestly, it's a great hurdle to have. Uh, you know, that you can double dip and be a college student. I did the same thing, not at Texas A&M, but, uh, but yeah, that's a, that's a great thing to, uh, to have going on, but that's an, another added factor that, that doesn't necessarily make things easy for you. But it's another reason why I like, I find myself cheering for you too, because you're trying to do it all. And I just, I think that that's the coolest thing because, you know, to neglect maybe your, your education or whatever for the racing thing, isn't, it wouldn't be the right decision and you're making it all happen. And you're, you know, making your dreams come true on the racetrack while also getting your education at a great school. Like I, it's just like the best of both worlds. I feel like. Yeah. I really appreciate that. It's, it's, yeah. Like, like I said, it's, it's definitely tough, but I mean, I, this off season, I rode with Max and Launderville there in in uh, Splendor, I'd go maybe three times, three to four times a week. Uh, okay. It's an hour and 30 minutes. So just go back and forth and try and, get it get riding done and training and school so i mean it's it's a busy schedule but i mean trying my best to get it done really got it well being that splendor is not that far away that's that's doable so uh that what a blessing that is um that's 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 really cool so we like i said we all knew that that you were capable of this it was just putting the whole thing together and i think now you know with the experience that you do have and having laid the groundwork you know in these last couple races and all this all this season basically all the growth at this point like that that's going to have your launch point that much higher for the start of 
of next season. You know exactly what to expect. And uh, and that's why I think, generally speaking, we see so much improvement from second and third year pros because it's not a question mark anymore. Like, I mean, you've probably done a lot of riding with these guys you look up to, but you hadn't lined up next to Joel Hetrick or Chad Weenan or name whatever rider. Now you have, and I got to mm-hmm. believe that that's uh that's just a, at least for me, it would be a mental hurdle kind of checked off where next year it's like, man, this is normal. Now I'm, I'm one of the guys. Yeah. You said it right there. The mental part, a lot of it's a lot of it's mental, especially mm-hmm. like Daytona. Like, I mean, nobody knows what to expect. And then yeah. you go, I felt pretty good in the qualifiers, the heat race. And then, to go out there and then wreck it kind of just like boom puts puts your confidence down a lot you know but now i know what to expect and i'm i'm ready to go like motivation is just so high for next year Mm -hmm. yeah i love uh i love to hear that and i think you know like you said there's there's a there's a big mental aspect of it when you're uh when you're a younger you know, a younger pro, a new pro, it doesn't matter how old you are when you're a new pro. And, uh, when it starts to become normal, that's when I think that you see some of, some of that growth. So, uh, exciting to, to think about what that'll look like going forward. And with Loretta's left, you know, with one more chance here to, to make a memory, to end your season on a high note. Uh, and then after that, it's back to school, I'm sure back to Texas A&M, I'm assuming. So what are your, uh, your thoughts and your, your goals going into Loretta's? You know, a, a year ago, you were battling for a title at Loretta's. I remember, I think, distinctly in Pro-Am, maybe two hole shots and leading a bunch of laps at Loretta's. We know you're good at Loretta's. So what are your thoughts and your goals heading into into this finale here? Yeah, I mean, really just time to put the hammer down now that it's the last one, let it all hang out. And uh, definitely a top 10. Uh, that's the main goal. And if I can get another season career best then that's what i'll be aiming for but i mean just a battle with all those guys is is just a a good thing you know like mm-hmm. it's it's hard no matter what where, what position you're in but mm-hmm. if i get a top 10 and end the season on that i mean i'll be happy yeah for sure and i think that we saw some of that this last weekend that you know, when you can, like the start is so important because everybody's so fast and the speed is so similar and all of those things where when you, you know, can rip a good start and put yourself in great position to begin with, then, I mean, if you can distance yourself, cause if you get that good start, that might be, that might be four or five, six plus seconds on the first lap or two. Right. And then it's like, you can damn near go the same speed as the guys, you know, behind you or around you, but you have that advantage from that good start. And I just feel like you're a guy that's always been good at starts we've seen flashes of that in your in your pro class uh career this rookie season of yours and like like that's a hurdle too you know to throw it into the first corner with the baddest dudes and you know you don't have first qualifier right so you're probably not in the best gate and all of those things but you've been making it work and if you can rip some more hole shots like you did this past weekend uh put yourself in good position and i feel like shoot uh, another career best another top 10 could be could be very much doable for you i'm gonna predict it i think yeah i mean i I would hope so but yeah like you said those starts this weekend was probably my best starts and that put me in the the best position position to finish where i did i mean that's like the key keys to the moto like the dirt bike guys say (laughs) it is Uh, i mean that's like a big part of of each moto Mm -hmm. just to because i mean you you distance yourself from the back guys the back guys are trying to get it's easier to go a little bit further backwards than it is to go forward so yeah 
And and not only that, not only do you not have to pass them, but it's easier, even if it's for a few laps to, you know, to, to throw that tow rope to the dudes in front of you, if you're starting up front for sure, you know, like if you're around faster guys, you're going to go faster. Like that's a, that's a proven fact. And it just makes your job just a little bit easier. I feel like. Yeah. Especially now I know in the beginning of the year at Gator back, I think I had like a top five start. Okay. And I was trying to like pace myself with those guys and dude, it, I mean, it just killed me third, fourth lap. I'm like, Holy cow, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's just such a fast pace to, to hold for that long. Mm-hmm. And it, but now I think I got it figured out and hopefully do it there at Loretta's and get a, get another good start and put myself in good position. Yeah, man. I, I, uh, I, I think so. I would love to see it. And, uh, I think I've shoot, I think I've had you on my fantasy team, like every round this season and, uh, you, you finally paid off for me. And now, you know, I, I made a bunch of points with you in this last round and I'm like two points out of the points lead with, uh, with one, with, with one race remaining here. So, uh, yeah, man, it's pretty exciting. It's all credit to you. Appreciate it. Yeah, I know I've let a few people down at some rounds, but no, no. Glad I'm glad this one this one's paid off for sure. Hey, I just had to. You just had to. You just had to stay on the train. I just had to ride the wave, and I stuck with it. And now look at where we are. Awesome. Yeah, buddy. The one other thing, and I guess I didn't have this on my note sheet, but the one thing I did want to want to ask you is we heard this story about uh, at the last race at Pleasure Valley in the first moto where you and Bryce were on the side of the track and all these things. And Bryce tells you to rip your, you know, rip your filter off and all those things. Tell me this story from your perspective, because I just feel like I know that that was one race ago at this point, but I feel like, uh, what a cool thing, like what a cool story that is, honestly. Yeah. That's actually a really funny story. Cause I mean, it, like you guys all know, it freaking started pouring like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I would see bikes on the side of the track. Cause I was still going for a little bit yeah. and then I hit a, I hit a massive puddle. I, it must've been the same one that Bryce hit and the whole, my, I mean, probably like two feet of water, just boom, all over my bike, everything starts cutting out and I'm going up these, those, that, uh, those double sections. Yeah. And I see Bryce up there and I'm like, I'm literally about to park it, right? This, we're going <laughs> to die at the same, same spot. Okay. And sure enough, I mean, it, my bike dies on me. And Bryce is there, and I'm like, looking. I've never done the, uh, I mean, a crazy race like that. And they had experience there at Ironman. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Like this thing isn't gonna. I tried starting it. It's not starting up. I see Bryce take off his seat and pull his air filter off, pick up his bike, and I'm like, thinking like, what is this guy doing? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what is he doing? And then he's like, just take off your filter, pick up your bike, and then so I'm like, all right, so I yank my filter off pick up my bike and then he as i'm doing all that he's already got it all done yeah and he pushes it down this uh the side of the track to bump it and yeah to bump start it yeah so i literally do verbatim what he does and sure enough i mean i do that (laughs) the thing starts right up throw the filter to the side and then take off and it lasts the whole moto and my dad's like dude that's that could have been bad <laughs> yeah so so then so then take me through that af, like after the moto you and bryce you know share, share this moment you know in the middle of this crazy race and then you find out that bryce won the thing like, like yeah i know that's nuts. that's the craziest part yeah and it's funny too because cody like as me and bryce were right there cody pulls up and stops mid-race and he's like 
do I need to help you? Do I need yeah, to help? Are like, you good? He's yeah. talking to Bryce. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, these guys are crazy. Like, <laughs> and they both ended up doing well, which is awesome. But yeah, I was like the three Texan guys were in the same spot. The same yeah, time. No, no kidding. I just thought it would be uh, cool to hear the story from your perspective. Cause I kind of heard it from, from both of those guys. And uh, yeah, what a, what a crazy, uh, what a crazy story to tell, man. And all this craziness here are this posse of you guys working together kind of to, uh, to get back up and running. Just thought it was a cool moment from, from those two guys to throw a little help your way. Cause maybe if you want to, I mean, if you want to pull that filter off and stood that thing up and bumped it, that your, your moto was probably over there. No, hundred percent. I had to thank him after. Cause I was like, <laughs> I wouldn't have known what to do. Yeah. So that, that was pretty cool of him to kind of give me some advice and, and yeah. get back going yeah what a uh what a what a cool memory that's probably not a memory that you're gonna forget yeah 100 percent. it was it was definitely a one one to remember that's for yeah. sure yeah well buddy um needed to touch on that wanted to touch on that but but great job this weekend like i said been been waiting for you to have one of these weekends that i knew that you'd be stoked to talk about uh obviously loved you on the show the number of times that you've come on the conversation's always great you absolutely slayed it this past weekend so stoked to talk about it and uh like i said slayed it for my fantasy team so thanks for that thanks so much for being here congratulations uh congratulations to you and your family your sister getting married just uh yesterday i think or or whatever so Thanks for taking yep. uh thanks for taking a little time away from that and uh we'll see you at Loretta's but hopefully you can keep this momentum kind of up and, and rolling right to and through Loretta's pal we're cheering for you. I appreciate that and I hope I could do the same and going on to next year I'm excited so we'll see what we can do. Yeah, always pulling for you pal. You're the man. That's ninth place finisher at Briarcliff Aaron Salinas brought to you by Caldera Lab and their high performance skincare products get 20% off with code digging deep 20 at calderalab.com slash digging deep 20 thanks so much pal we'll see you at Loretto's okay appreciate it Cody we interrupt this program for a special news bulletin the following message is brought to you by manscaped.com the manscaped engineering team has outdone themselves this time creating the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer now available for purchase in the U.S. and Canada Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, an official sponsor of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, with this exclusive offer of 20% off and free worldwide shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0 and I am blown away. This thing is next level. What sets this trimmer apart from all the rest? The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. It features a new multi-functioning on-off switch with travel lock for those of us who like to travel. And my favorite, the new trimmer allows you to customize your trim with four different guard lengths and upgrade from its predecessor that only featured two. If you're listening, you know that good tools are a must, so wait no more to get the best tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com by using code DIGGINGDEEP20. Hey everyone, this is Larry Mills, president of DP Breaks North America and proud partner of the Digging Deep ATV MX podcast. We at DP Breaks are a longtime supporter of ATV racing and the world leader in centered brake technology, dominating the ATV world for decades by supporting the best four-wheeled racers on the planet. This year's lineup includes Jeff Restrelli, Mark Baldwin and Baldwin Motorsports, 
Ford Brothers Racing, Nick Janusa, and many more, including Mr. Digging Deep himself, Cody Jansen, plus all the top 17 GNCC pros such as seven-time champion Walker Fowler, Bryson Neal, Hunter Hart, Cole Richardson, Jared McClure, Adam McGill, and previous champion Chris Borich. These top riders continue to appreciate the high performance and impressive durability that their DP brakes have to offer, products that ultimately help place them on top of the podium week after week. DP brakes are available through www.dp-brakes.com or you can purchase them through your local parts and limited stocking dealer or you can even message us, myself, Larry Mills or DP Brakes on Instagram or Facebook and if you have any questions about product or sponsorship support, please ask us. We are waiting for you. Join the best ATV riders in the world equipped with DP Brakes and have a great year everyone. Nearing two decades into the brand's existence, Factory 43 is back and better than ever, continuing to make major waves in the ATV world. For the third consecutive season, Factory 43 is the official aluminum parts choice of the Phoenix Racing ATV team, providing their state-of-the-art Evo Nerf bars, MX-style front bumpers, and grab bars for two-time champ Joel Hetrick. If you're in the market to upgrade your Nerf bars, bumpers, or grab bars, head over to Factory43ATV.com to see their full line of industry-leading products available for all makes and models. Head over to Factory43ATV.com today. First impressions matter. What's the first thing that someone notices about you? In most cases, it's your face, and most importantly, your skin. If you aren't already, it's time to put your best face forward. How do you do that? By adding in a skincare routine. And it's not as hard as you think. You just don't have the right tools for the job. Until now. Clinically proven to reduce wrinkles, fine lines, and signs of aging, Caldera Lab is the leader in men's skin care and is here to save the day. Use our exclusive code DIGGINGDEEP20 at calderalab.com to enjoy 20% off their best products. Caldera Lab creates high-performance men's skincare products, and the regiment leads off their product lineup, a twice-a-day routine to transform your skin. Men's skincare has never been easier with the help of Caldera Lab and the Regiment. Inside this bundle, you'll find face wash that leaves all skin types feeling refreshed, hydrating daily moisturizer, and a rejuvenating before bed multifunctional serum. Caldera Lab is made with top tier ingredients and is a great addition to your daily routine. It takes less than a minute both morning and night, and shout out to all the vet riders out there, it's here to reduce your wrinkles, fine lines, and signs of aging. Get 20% off with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at calderalab.com. That's C-A-L-D-E-R-A lab.com. That's 20% off at calderalab.com by using code DIGGINGDEEP20. Jump into skin and first impression royalty with Caldera Lab. All right, guys, back here one final time to finish up our coverage of the pro class from Briarcliff with Vince Merman and Vince Aaron Salinas. We just heard from him there. He was ninth overall on the day. I feel like we all knew he was capable of this, but uh, we've been waiting for him to put it all together. And he did just that on Saturday, Vince. I mean, ninth overall for him, consistent all day, got some good hole shots. Uh, I know that, you know, he's a guy that I think you've spent some time with and are connected with the TDR stuff and all those things. Really, really, really cool to finally see Aaron Salinas put it in the top 10. Great day for him. What do you got to say about the performance from your buddy there? Yeah, I was happy for Aaron and he was on a start um, at Briarcliff for sure. And I think it helped him out a lot. And like I said, he was battling up there with Nick and Max, everybody. And I think he's done a lot. I think maybe in the beginning of the year, he struggled a little bit or maybe just with the, the mental part of it and everything, but he's definitely 
come into form a little, you know, yeah. in the season. And he's been just more consistent and doing a lot better. And it's always awesome to see. Yeah. Like I said, we, we knew he was capable of it. That was not yeah. like, I, I feel like I put him on my fantasy team, like, freaking every race you know like uh it was one of those things he'd be he, it felt like he'd be up front he'd be in the top 10 and then something would happen late like we've seen it a number of times all season yeah. long so i was i was really stoked he's he's another kid that's just such a nice nice young dude yeah. uh just awesome to see him put it there in the top 10 in ninth uh in 10th then uh, with 812 scores is max linquist it was a heartbreaker for max fought so hard in that first moto like we talked about he gets up to eighth after that first corner whole shot get off there and then in moto two he ran in sixth with one lap to go and suffered a fluke mechanical failure so absolutely heartbreaker for max linquist and i uh, put forth so much effort on this day and then to i mean top 10 is good don't get me wrong but a guy like max linquist wants more than that and uh man nothing worse than than breaking on the last lap yeah i i kind of heard something about that maybe i I wasn't sure if he had finished or not but that stinks for max because he he had been out there training for a couple weeks and he looked really good there i thought he was going to have a a pretty good weekend but uh you know just bad luck sometimes yeah. Yeah. We talked about that, that he had been out there. Jeremy touched on the fact that he was on the dozer a little bit. Can you tell me, do you know anything, do you know anything about that? Like what was the little tabletop he built or whatever? What, what do you know about that? Jeremy, uh, they, Max had like a day off of riding or something and Jeremy had something else to do. I don't know, Matt, he was just pretty much like, do you know how to run a dozer? And Max said he's ran equipment before. Mm-hmm. Jeremy's like, all right, we'll go do something with that inside line or, or something like that. But yeah. I think he, I think he said Max was like looking up the yes, yep, the controls and everything for which I would have done the same thing. I never ran a dozer that big, but it was just funny that he had him. He actually did a good job. I think he made the one of the 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 little inside pumps or something okay. that stayed. Okay. So, so that was my question. Cause Jeremy yeah. told us that story on, on our preview show. And that was awesome, but I didn't, I was trying to figure out like which, cause he said, you know, Jeremy told him to go do something with the section and he ended up making a little tabletop or something. I didn't know which, uh, which section that, that might've been. It was back in the pond by the, like the sea track over there. Got it. Okay. I was, came in expecting the same thing you did. Big things for Max Linquist being comfortable doing laps on this racetrack out there at Briarcliff. And uh, yeah, he kind of, kind of got snake bitten on this day with a crash in the first corner. Um, He had a great ride there in that first moto, but obviously, you know, you can only get so far up after the first corner crash and then having that, uh, you know, that, that DNF basically in, in moto two. So uh, 11th, then Cody Ford, uh, he goes 12, 10 for 11th uh, guy that you've battled with a number of times, Vince, uh, just five points out of the top 10. So Cody Ford's goal is very much to finish in the top 10 here. Uh, just five points out of the top 10 is Cody Ford. So his, 
His goals are still in front of him going into the finale, which is a great place to be in. In 12th overall is GNCC specialist John Glada. Super solid on the day, honestly. 11-11 ends up 12th overall. I did see, and I, I guess I didn't, I saw it once, but I was told it happened a few times. Again, I was on the mic, so we had some other focuses going on. But my wife even said, man, John Glada's trying to kill himself over here on the Bigfoot triple. He came up short a few times and smoked his jaw I think off of the, off of the handlebars even. Um, so yeah, he struggled with that maybe early in qualifying, but he ended up having a solid day there in uh 12, two 11s from John Glada. And every time he's been out here on the motocross track, man, he's been solid. Like you can't sleep yeah. on his talent. He's really good. No, he's, de- he's definitely a good rider. And he's been, I think he's been having a, like his best year in the woods this year. Yeah, I think so too. Oh, he's he's funny, dude. I like riding with John. Yeah, yeah. It's just uh, he's been a great, another great addition to the class. It's been fun to see him out there. Thirteenth overall ended up being Caesar Jimenez. Thirteen, thirteen. Uh, welcome back for him. Awesome to see Caesar out there. I don't know how well you know him. I know that you guys have raced a ton. Uh, it seems like you guys were battling there in in you know that top ten area for years. At this point, um, he kind of gets himself, throws himself back into the competition there after being out for a while from that first corner crash at Gatorback. But awesome to see Caesar back in the class. Thirteenth overall for him. Yeah, good to see him back, for sure. I, I wasn't sure if he was going to make it or not, but it's definitely good to see him riding again. Yeah, Cody Ford, when he jumped on our, our preview show and Caesar is, has been down there in Texas with those guys. And Cody said, yeah, he hadn't been riding much. He, you know, he just started basically, but, uh, threw his hat back in the ring there. So that was cool to see uh, 14th overall. This was a tough one for Adam Ulrich. 14, 14 for him, 14th overall. He suffered a huge crash in the second moto on, on Bigfoot, which was gnarly. I did see that one, you know, kind of landed like on the top of the landing and it like stuck or whatever. He basically, if I remember correctly, he basically did like a, like, what do they call that? Like a cliffhanger, you know, like the old freestyle trick where you're kind of connected to the bars and it flipped them over and drove them into the ground pretty hard. So, um, he, he took a really big hit there. He got up thankfully and then he rode off on his quad. Like it was amazing. I mean, credit to that kid, man, but he took a really hard lick there. Yeah. I didn't even, I didn't see it. Cause I was on, I was in the mechanics area with yeah. the mix, but yeah. Uh, I, over my headset that Adam went down and then I didn't see him come around for a lap or two. And then he came around without a visor and yeah. just looked a, a dirty. So I don't know. I, I figured he, had to get off but it sounded like it was a lot worse than like i saw him coming around and i was kind of surprised it was but. it was as bad of a crash as i saw this weekend for sure and so i i watch it all go down i see some stirring i, I don't think i had quite seen him get up at that point i turned my focus back to the race out front And next thing I know, I'm hearing the biggest cheer from the entire crowd of the whole weekend. And Adam Ulrich is up and now getting on his quad. And I can't give the kid enough credit because man, he took a huge lick and, uh, and got back up. So I did read since the weekend that he fractured his left arm in that, in that crash. So, uh, want to see him heal up, uh, Vince again, another guy that you raced with 
uh, a good amount this season. And uh, he, you know, Adam's super young, uh, went to, took his talents to the pro class and he was really, really, really good. Like really impressive, more impressive than I expected this season. And I uh, can't give the kid enough credit. His season's going to be over. It sounds like, but uh, man, I was, I just came away really impressed with the 68 this season. He did super, super well. Yeah. He's been getting better since Daytona uh, realistically. And we've had yeah. a, a lot of battles back and forth and I feel like no matter what happens, somehow we find each other in the motos, yeah. but it's yeah. cool. Right. He's had like a few pretty good slams this year. So it, why this one, you know, wasn't worse or something, but he's a tough kid. Yeah. Yeah. He- took a licking and he kept on ticking or whatever they used to say on American gladiators. I, I just feel like the dude has got so much fight in him. And um, again, like he wasn't a kid that, I mean, he was always good. He was always close to upfront and pro-am right. last year, but I, I guess I didn't expect how good he was this year in the pro class. So again, just want to give him credit, hate to see him get hurt, but uh, wishing him all the best. And I'm sure that he's going to be a, a guy who's going to take another step next year. And that'll be fun to watch uh, 15th overall, another heartbreaker, obviously Logan Stanfield. So a fluke mechanical kept him out of the first moto completely. Like all of a sudden I'm watching the first moto and I'm like, where's Logan fluke mechanical. We learned that it was a spark plug, a faulty or broken spark plug that kept him out of that first moto. Uh, they're chasing as as we all would Vince we'd chase you know all the other electrical stuff and it ends up being the spark plug so that kept him out of the first moto and then a crash as he's going for it in moto two trying to make up as many points as he can from having zero points in the first moto he crashes in the second moto and bangs his knee up pretty bad so heartbreaker for logan there because i don't know how it's all going to shake out yet with our uh our digging deep most improved pro award winner this year but i really felt like he was very much in the running for that like he he was in a similar spot ish to like positions to where he was last year but like you've said earlier the class was better and it just seemed like his speed was better than before he kind of distanced himself from some of the guys he had raced with in the past the Cody Fords the Michael Allreds it just seemed like he was maybe better than that this season and to see his season likely end uh the way that it did on Saturday man I'm I'm super bummed for Logan cuz I love that I love that dude yeah, it's tough, and it's never fun to carry your buddies off the track either. I'm but, sure. I'm sure. Yeah, I I didn't even expect him to finish the moto, but uh, you know he did, thankfully. But yeah, he, he was on it this year, and I kind of seemed like for a while sixth was going to be his spot, and mm-hmm. just had a kind of a bad weekend at Buds, and then just a little bad luck streak lately. Maybe uh, it's tough. Yeah. I just hate to see such a good season end end that way for him. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. So he Logan actually texted me this morning. I had texted him a few times following the races just to check in because I really didn't know what had all happened. Like the not showing up for Moto One basically or stuck on the gate. And then, you know, then what happened in Moto Two? I knew he crashed, but I didn't know all the ins and outs of what what, what went on there. So he kind of filled me in throughout the last couple of days. And then this morning he shot me a text and uh, he said he doesn't have an MRI for a few weeks yet, but the specialist informed him yesterday that they believe that he tore his ACL and he posted a, a 
picture on his story in the last couple of days on Instagram and asked for opinions on what people thought was going to be wrong with his knee. And I didn't want to be a Debbie Downer or I didn't want to, you know, I just didn't want to speculate anything bad. I'm an optimistic person. I wanted it to be something else. But when I tore my ACL, that's exactly what my knee looked like. It blew up like a balloon and it stayed that way. And I couldn't help but feel that for Logan. And it sounds like that's going to be the case. Um, so again, that kind of adds insult to injury. Terrible way to end the season for him. Uh, what I will say though, and my dad and I were just reminiscing about this the other day, this is about the same time of the year that I tore my ACL. I tore my ACL, MCL and meniscus actually all at the same time. But honestly, again, hate to end the season that way for him, but there's couldn't be a better time to do it than right now, because by the time the first of the year comes, basically like he's going to be good to go by the time his training, uh, you know, assuming that he's going to come back, uh, and I hope that he does, but right. by the time his training, you know, hardcore preseason training would start, he's going to be back to normal. And I told him this morning, and I guess I'll echo it here. My knee that I had my knee reconstruction surgery on is my better leg. Like it's my stronger leg to this day. And in the last, like I tore mine and I tore mine nearly 15 years ago. And, uh, and it's things that have already come so far since then, like he's going to be fine. I hate to see yeah. it go this way, but honestly, like if it was going to happen, there's no better time than right now, as unfortunate as that is to say. Yeah. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. So I know another guy, another guy that you're, uh, you're tight with, like you said, I hate the thought of you carrying him off, but, uh, he's going to be, he's going to be all right. So 16th, uh, I hate, hate the great conversation, great recap. It's all got to end this way though. And that, that kind of stinks. So 16th overall, Michael Allred, 15th DNS, uh, 16th in this one, he crashed hard at the start of moto one and it looked really ugly. And the way that he laid there for a while was, uh, was i don't know scary to to see or whatever i know he moved himself off the racetrack and as any as any competitor or racer would do uh but man really hard crash there for michael allred and i just wonder if you know based on some of the conversations i've had i don't want to i don't want to say anything you know that i'm not supposed to and i have no inside information haven't talked to mike but i just wonder if this is the last that we're going to see of michael allred in the pro class because i know it was a little bit up in the air but uh, man, uh, another guy who I thought was really good this season, he got hurt last year, came back this year, was as strong as ever. I uh, just hate to see it end this way and the season this way. Hopefully this isn't a career for him, but however it goes, I just hate to see it go this way. He's a, another really, really, really great dude out there with you guys. Yeah, he's such a solid guy. And like, he's always just real consistent and everything. And I didn't even know that because I was standing at the corner, but I was watching the whole shot. And then I kind of watched, you know, the leaders go by. And, and I didn't even realize there was a wreck at first. And I turn and I see Mike like laying there. So I ran over and he was uh, just like out of breath and a lot of pain for sure. And mm -hmm. he didn't really size that much. So I don't even know if he knew it was me, but like I, I was, I helped carry him off the track, but he was laying there in a ton of pain. You could tell. And then, Harv's like over the headset like what are we doing like are we red flag like what like we need an ant like right now and yeah. Mike heard the are we gonna are, do we need to red flag the race and he like kind of hopped up real quick He's like he didn't want them to red flag it I know. so like 
carried him off real quick and got him out of the way. So the race could continue, but it's just tough because I, I know he had a pretty serious accident last last season with his head and his back. And then yeah. I'm not sure, you know, his back some more mm-hmm. with this accident. But yeah, I really just hope that uh, he heals back to 100%. Me too. That's the most important thing. You just want to see the guy get back to normal and, uh, and make a full recovery, all those things. But I had heard the same story that you're kind of confirming here that as soon as he heard that, you know, can, cause I heard it on my radio too, you know, yeah. what are we doing? Are we going red flag? Like, what are we doing? I need to know now. And I heard, you know, like you said, that Mike was not going to let a red flag happen. He was going to do whatever he, he had to do. Up And then like, I, cause I think he heard the, are we going to yeah. red flag? Then he knew like it was obviously because of him. So he tries to get up and then yeah. I think he heard that he's in pain and then, so, <laughs> you know, picked him up, helped him off. But yeah, it's, it was, it's tough to, to see that, especially, you know, the people in your class, you never want to. For sure. Want to For sure. Nah, well, and you're, you're bonded in a way like your competitor, you, you understand your competitors and, and they understand you because you go through the same things. You're taking the same gate drops. You're preparing the same way you're training, you're working on your shit, all those things. So you're bonded in a way. And I'm sure that that was a weird and difficult spot for you to be in. Um, so then rounding out the field 17th or, or DNS basically, cause he DNS DNS, but is, is Dane Molander, uh, who had his best finish of the season at pleasure Valley, his best race day of the season. And then to follow it up with uh, a day, he never really got a chance is, uh, is pretty difficult. I didn't really know what happened again over the radio and time qualifying. I heard that. I think the I think it was like asking Dane Molander's mechanics to go down there to you know to get his quad right or is that what it was? Yeah, because the the medic cart I think took Dane, but like the yeah Dane's mechanics pit bike and Dane's bike were still like down there, so Got that's it. what they. Because I remember them kept saying that too, but yeah. uh, yep. I don't know exactly what happened. I didn't see him take off but i saw him like about to land and his bike was like practically upside down before it even hit and then it just cartwheeled but i don't know if because like after they were trying to pull his bike off and his front tire his left front tire was completely locked up so i don't know if that happened before or after if it was something else that caused the wreck but and it was just like those two like smaller doubles over by the step up but his quad his quad probably did two complete rotations in the air before it even hit the ground. So I, so it was so early and I think it was the first session and it was so early that like, like, it was right away. Yeah. So, um, so I didn't, I didn't see what happened either. I knew it was on some pretty small jumps. That's why I was really like scratching my head on what happened. So I, I texted Dane on Saturday night, just making sure he was okay. And he said he was doing better and all those things. And then in the, I think must've been yesterday, I texted him again, just, you know, because I didn't know what happened, you know, so I wanted to be able to tell people what happened. So I'll just, I'll read his text here. He said, I'm all good. I'm feeling much better. The bike was shutting off just randomly. It was just randomly shutting off. And I did that first lap. And then right before the crash, it started back up like nothing was wrong. So he 
you know, was going to push forward in this thing. And he said, I made the corner in the back section, hit the first double fine. And then when he got up to the face on the second one, the bike shut off completely and sent the bike bumper first into the ground, which is when, is when you saw it. And obviously he didn't have a fighting chance at that point. So man, that you hate to see a guy that was, and we've talked about it all year long and it's all come from such a good place. Like we both know how great of a rider Dane Molander is. And it just feels like he hasn't had a freaking shot this year with the way that things went for him. And uh, this is kind of just the, the latest kind of the latest chapter in that story, but uh, hoping sounds like he's all good and uh, hopefully he can get out there at Loretta's and kind of finish things off the right way. Um, But uh, yeah, just was hoping that he was going to be okay. And it sounds like he is going to be, that was really my main focus on getting that, that text out to him yesterday is I just wanted to make sure he was okay. And then I wanted to be able to fill people in on what happened. Cause people are like, man, he he didn't even basically like register on the qualifying sheet. What happened? What happened to him? Yeah, I, I and I kind of thought the same thing too. He was just a little beat up. I went around the pits, like I went over to Highline Racing, asked about Adam, about Mike, asked about Dane, and yeah, I remember his mechanic saying that um, he was all right, just kind of beat up. Stuff, yeah. but Good. he's had some wild wrecks like the last year Goodness. or two. Yeah, you think about the you think about the last year at High Point. He had one this year at High Point on the other side of the racetrack, like. Yeah, he's had some he's had some shit happen this year. So glad that he's going to live to tell the tale, and uh, and I'm sure he's going to be gnarlier for it. Hopefully, in the future, I'm I'm just I'm glad to see. I was hoping I was glad to see him get that good finish at Pleasure Valley. Uh, good first moto finish. I think he finished 11th overall, which is solid solid for sure. And uh, I was just glad that he was going to get a fresh breath of air after a tough season. And I I hoped that that would kind of uh, light the light the fuel and get the hunger going again because. Because uh just want to see him back out there, I guess. You know, like I don't want to see him go away. He's such a young, talented rider, hoping that he's in the sport for many years to come. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, Vince, I know we have to get you out of here. I promised you an hour. We're a little over that at this point. So um gotta get you out of here. But quickly, what's your plans for the future, pal? Do you have another season in you? Are you coming back? What's your what's your game plan? So I, I think uh, as of right now, I am just going to sit out Loretta's because realistically, yeah. I've only actually rode once since sunset because uh, after sunset, my, my practice motor was broke for like a week or so. I got it back together. I rode the weekend before Buds, and that's when I ended up um, having that get off. So I'm just like not in a, a real rush to try and push it or nothing, but yeah. I would absolutely love to come back for another year. It's just, I mean, it's, and it's always been a, a financial struggle, but for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. If I could, you know, find some help and do that, I'll, I'll definitely be back. Yeah. Well, I would, I would love to see that. I know exactly, obviously I know exactly how that goes. Um, yeah, wasn't really talking about, wasn't asking about Loretta's necessarily. I was hoping that you were going to just take some time, get totally healthy. That makes the most sense at this point for sure. Uh, but yeah, would really, would really love to to see you out there. Would really love to have you back out there. Uh, I think, uh, it's been, it was really cool. Cause I think for a long time, I mean, like I said, at the start of this conversation, you know, you were one of the most picked riders in our fantasy game. You were a really solid fantasy pick for so many people for the last couple of years. And, uh, to be known for that like I think back to you know when I was a pro and like just to have that you know if I would have had 
you know, people paying attention to picking me, trust and trusting their stupid little fantasy team and me like that would be uh, that would would have been a cool thing for me. So I'm hoping that we made you a couple fans along the way. And uh, and maybe maybe some of them fans out there will uh, maybe somebody will shoot you a message and want to help you for next year. That would be uh, that would be a really cool thing. Yeah, I appreciate all the, the shout outs and all the everything over the years. For sure. Yeah. It's all what you're doing. Hell yeah, man. Well, uh, you know, I, I said to you before we hit record on this thing, you know, I, I wanted to get you on. I wish we were talking about you racing here, but, uh, but this conversation was, was super good. And then for you to be in the mix of so much of this as the, you know, the referee and, and part of the staff there for the weekend, man, it, it was, it was perfect. You brought so much to the show. It's been an awesome conversation and, uh, we sure hope to have you back on the track, but anytime, whether you're on the track, off the track, whatever, you know, I, I be totally stoked if you would come back here and do this again sometime, but I just can't thank you enough for being here and having this conversation with me. I was stoked that you were down for it. Like I said, I'll never forget the smile you had on your face when I kind of proposed the idea and, uh, just stoked that you were able to give me the time, man. This was a great conversation and look forward to doing it again. Yeah. Anytime for sure. And actually I've already been asked if I want to referee Loretta. So seriously, yeah, so I might be down there for that. Nice. Um, might just go to hang out with everybody, but I would definitely like to do it. Uh, do this again. It, it's been cool. Nice. Well, credit to you, man, for uh, doing a good enough job at Briarcliff that they want you sure. back. That's a, that's a cool deal. But, uh, man, uh, thanks again. We'll do this again for sure, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, buddy. All right? Awesome. Sounds good. That's AMA ATV Pro Vince Merman right here on the Digging Deep ATV MX podcast brought to you by Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. See you soon, buddy. Thanks so much. Thank you. Success in the ATV MX world is similar to what creates financial success as well. The right people, the right advice, and more importantly, hard work and the benefit of an ongoing relationship as situations change and adversity is experienced. Do you have the right financial advisor to help you reach your goals? Haymower Financial Group can create a personalized, goal-based plan to help your family prepare for whatever life brings. Call me, Scott Haymower, at Haymower Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, at 920-338-8150. That's 920-338-8150. Offices located in beautiful De Pere, Wisconsin, with registrations and clients nationwide. Headlined by the 4130 Chromali, Launderville Steel and Concrete Supply is a full-service steel supplier of new and surplus steel, aluminum, and stainless steel products. This racing family-owned full metal service center and concrete product supplier comes with over 30 years of experience serving the entire United States from their central Midwest location. As the number one choice for nationwide shipments and with available next-day delivery in select areas, LSE has you covered near or far. 4130 is not just the chromoly tubing and plate used in the building of chassis for an array of motorsports applications, but it is also the name of the newest addition to the Pro Paddock with riders Jaden J.J. Launderville and Max Linquist, introducing the new 4130 Motorsports team. Launderville Steel offers a large selection of material for any project, including their concrete division that can supply everything you need to complete your next business or personal project. For a quote or more info, visit LaundervilleSteel.com today or give them a call at 715-675-6193. That's 715-675-6193. Here at Digging Deep, we have an obvious passion for ATVs and pridefully enjoy sharing the sports history. Since 2019, when the podcast was born, we've been working to partner with individuals who share our passion, but one man and his vision had been missing from our partnership group. 
until now. When it comes to the sports history, the hallowed grounds of Binky's Forever ATC Museum has it all. Binky Tapscott's mind-blowing collection of three- and four-wheelers has preserved history by spanning all makes and models from Honda three-wheelers in chronological order to unique builds that shaped ATB racing as we know it, like Doug Gust's iconic DRZ-powered hybrid thumper and everything in between. There's no denying Binky's passion, a passion that we certainly relate to here at Digging Deep. Binky's goal is to share his amazing collection with fellow enthusiasts by making his prized possessions accessible to the public via scheduled visits. Follow Forever ATC Museum on Facebook and watch foreveratc.com for further updates on possibly getting a chance to see Binky's Forever ATC Museum for yourself. We are proud to welcome Binky's Forever ATC Museum to the Digging Deep family. As the number one podcast in ATV racing, it's only right that we partner with the industry leaders in suspension tuning. Insert Impact Solutions. Impact Solutions is a full-service ATV and side-by-side suspension center specializing in the revalving and service of your motocross and off-road suspension. With over 25 years of elite-level knowledge, experience, and testing with riders of all ages and ability levels, Jay Goble and the Impact crew strive to exceed clients' expectations for service and setup. Impact Solutions is the official Elka Suspension Service Center of the United States, offering unmatched product knowledge and experience. Whether you're in need of service, parts, warranty, sales, or technical support, Impact Solutions has you covered. Head over to ImpactSolutionsATV.com or give them a call today. Thanks for listening, and remember to support our partners. Now back to the show. All right, guys, we are back for one final segment, recapping round nine of the ATV Motocross National Championship at Briarcliff. And joining us, presented by Factory 43, the Nerf Bars bumper and grab bar choice of now four-time champion Joel Hetrick. Say hello and welcome back, Mr. Jeremy Osborne. And Jeremy, uh, wondering if you've caught up on some sleep and some recovery at this point. I'm sure it's weird. It's probably like a numb-like feeling after your national comes and goes because you spend the other 51 weeks of the year focusing on making this event as, as good and as best as it can possibly be, huh? It's got to be a little uh, little empty feeling, I would think. Uh, yes and no. I mean, we usually the first couple of days are the worst. You're pretty wore out, pretty tired. Uh, by today, I'm, I'm feeling pretty decent. I'm actually going to go down and make uh, work on the track a little bit here in a little bit. Uh, I just, you, you just almost never completely stop. You almost can't shut it off completely. Right. No, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that's the truth. Well, in my personal opinion, I hope that, uh, I hope that your crew yourself and your crew are holding your heads high because I think uh, you guys knocked it completely out of the park. And I just thought that it would be fun to kind of tie a bow on this episode by debriefing a little bit from the weekend with you from the the weekend that was there at Briarcliff. I mean, weather couldn't have been better, right? The track was prime. You wanted to make it a little longer, slow it down a little bit. And, and to me, man, it seems like you nailed that goal, like exactly directly right on the head. I mean, the track was perfect. Yeah. I'm real happy with the track. I think, uh, leaving, out of the out of the race in 22, I felt like we missed the mark completely with some of the racing. Other people disagree. They thought it was a good track. I think what I put on display over the weekend was what I was really wanting to do. Even in 2022, I just didn't quite make that happen. But this year, with the split lanes, uh, the additions to the track, the track length, you know, getting Joel up there over, I think, a 145, 147, whatever it was. Yeah. That that was good. That was really good. I, I think we did a good job on the track itself. 
I think, I think it was awesome. Like I said, I think that you knocked it out of the park. And to be honest, like there were some intricacies to the track and, and Vince Merman and I talked about this earlier in the episode that there was just some intricacies of it where the dudes that really greased something could, you know, where you had a couple rollers that you could double or, you know, just, there was just intricacies to the track that I thought just played out so perfectly that really made for great racing, which like you said, was exactly your goal. And I think that that's what, that's what makes a, a cool racetrack, right? It's not everybody doing the exact exact same thing every lap like you didn't have that at your track and and that's not necessarily the norm and that's why i think that you executed this so perfectly now and based on uh, fixing the track you can learn a lot about how a track was ridden when you fix it uh sure. that thing had to be changing like not not every lap but every few motos and an area had to be like oh well that's that's not good to go there anymore we got to go over here um, it just wasn't a vanilla track. The track mm-hmm. changed. It got rough. It did all the things that you kind of want a, a national racetrack to do, as you know, from a promoter's perspective. Absolutely. And, and Jeremy, I think that, you know, maybe this is the right time to do it, but I want to thank you one more time for affording me the opportunity to get behind the mic at your event. I had an absolute blast. I've thanked you a number of times now, but I had a blast. I was a little self-conscious about how Saturday went with uh, some of the technical difficulties and the, the, you know, the glitches that we experienced or whatever, but Sunday, uh, I felt better about how that one went. And in the wake of that, I received a bunch of messages from people, which had me feeling really good. So, uh, obviously want to thank all the people that reached out to me and, you know, all that stuff. But, uh, again, most of all, I want to thank you for, for the opportunity. It was, uh, an awesome, awesome experience for me and something that I had never done before. So, uh, pretty stoked about that. And again, it was a uh, kind of bucket list for me. So just want to thank you one more time. That was, uh, that was really, really cool. No, you're welcome. Um, I had a feeling when we began to talk about that way back when that it was, it was going to go well. And I thought it'd be well received. Um, I thought you did a good job, you know, first time ever doing it. I mean, it seemed to me in the few instances I was allowed to listen to a speaker (laughs) that, uh, I, you you sound like you've been doing it for years. I thought you did a real good job and I, I'd like to welcome you back for next year. Uh, assuming we have a race and, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll kill it again. Yeah, man. I, I spent the last calendar year, you know, thinking about it. And I mean that I, since you kind of proposed the idea last year and it was a little too last minute for me, uh, I had been thinking about it ever since. And I can promise you that I'll be thinking about it for the next 52 weeks as well, because, uh, and, and having done it now, like I, I, you know, even getting some of the feedback and, and people saying they want more of certain things and whatever, like, I'm, I'm just, I'm really excited about it. But one thing I can confidently say, Jeremy is, is maybe other than the flaggers, uh, there's no one that watches more, more racing on the weekend than the announcer. I saw every lap of every race all weekend long. And, uh, I'm sure that, you know, you maybe didn't get uh, tons of chances to watch racing, but I hope you don't mind covering some of the amateur racing, uh, with me quickly because yeah. I want I want wanted to start with how we saw Kinsey, you know, we saw her undefeated streak continue in WMX, but uh, absolute heartbreaker on Saturday, kind of to start the weekend for you guys, when she suffered a mechanical failure while leading the first B-class moto of her weekend there. And then I think I heard that it was just a, a harness plug that came unplugged or something, right? It was something super minor, but what a heartbreaker. She was at the midway point looking really comfy out front there. And uh, shoot, I thought we were going to see it, Jeremy. I thought we were going to see it this weekend. Yeah, that that was uh, 
<laughs> that was a tough pill to swallow. I'm uh, sure. Hold the whole shot, which he only has one other whole shot in B class this year at yeah. Ironman. And at that race, she led three laps. And then Casey actually got by her, and he looked like the faster rider there. Um, this this particular moto, the four, first 450 B moto, Saturday, she she looked strong. She she looked like she had a comfortable gap, and I it, mm -hmm. and she may have been pulling away from him a little bit. But mm -hmm. uh, when I didn't see her come around, I was on uh, kind of the starting gate side of the track, and she she rolled to a stop there before the tunnel jump by the finish uh kind of a freak deal uh the wire actually pulled out of the plug for the ground either the ground or the positive on the coil okay. i i i got some theories uh on that but uh anyway yeah that that's like the highest of the highs to the lowest of the lows in a matter of minutes um but you know that's racing and we'll just have to go back to trying to figure out how to build a better mousetrap for uh the pilot she uh yeah. she seems to find ways to make me work harder <laughs> every week <laughs> yeah we talked about that a few times i've had that same problem with the with the coil and the, the ground or the positive coming off there I've, I've had that with the hondas in years past but uh but yeah, that's a tough bill to swallow, like you said, though, I will say like, obviously a bummer that things didn't go the way that we all hoped it was going to for her and, and for your family. At the same time, she was executing things exactly how you wanted her to. I mean, she, yeah, I'm assuming that you guys bumped down to the first gear hole shots. Like you touched on, she rips this whole yep. shot. Like you said, yep. I mean, she was looking comfy up front. It's not like she was under attack uh, or anything like yeah. that. And we know how good Casey Fancher has been this season. So, oh. I mean, she was executing oh. like to perfection, right? Which, yeah. Uh, was one of the things I wanted to touch on. Like the box score doesn't show it, but she was really good on the weekend and she was even good in the, so she had to go to the LCQ uh, yeah. ends up in the second motor. She's racing up through the pack. Like even that motor yeah. was really impressive. Yeah. She, uh, she, her starts weren't quite as good in the rest of the B motos. And one of them, she got stuck together, I think with Evan or someone. And uh, she made it from like 17th to 11th. I mean, she, she definitely never gave up. Um, but, you know, like we talked in the pre-show, it's like we're just walking through this minefield of bad things that could derail her perfect season right there. I mean, that could have yeah. happened in WMX Moto 1 or 2, but we put another connector on it and things was fine the rest of the weekend. So, so I, so uh, Jeremy, I, I, you know, from the tower there, I could see her sitting on the side of the track and I see you come up and literally those exact words were what were echoing in my mind. Like you said it perfectly leading up to this, that, you know, one of these times we've just been dancing around this thing, not happening yeah. in WMX. Like literally that's all I could think about in that moment. Yeah. It's exactly what run through my head. Like, well, we might've just, <laughs> you know, got lucky again, but not lucky. I mean, it's, right. it's so crazy the things that have kind of gone wrong so close to the moment we don't need them to but it's it's like we're ah it's it's kind of crazy to think about but you know now we go into what i kind of think is like some of the unluckiest <laughs> racing at loretta's it seems like if it's gonna go wrong it'll go wrong there oh and, yeah you guys you guys experienced some of that last year to be honest yeah so it's like well, I said, you just ride and whatever happens is going to happen. If we win, we win. If we don't, oh, well, it's been a great season.
Yeah, that's uh, that's all you can do. Well, speaking of those B classes, we touched on Casey Fancher. He won two of those overalls. He was really good. Uh, Vincent Dillon won the other one. He was impressive as well. Impressed by both of those guys. We should probably take it to the top. Kevin Saar left no doubt who was the fastest guy in Pro-Am this weekend. He grabbed the the 1-1 win there and racing up through the top five in that second moto was really impressive. He's now tied with Joey Chambers, just nine points back of Mason Jackson in, in Pro-Am there. So Chambers Chambers and Jackson ended up second and third overall, respectfully. Mason Jackson won pro sport, Jeremy, but that was, that, that was, there's more to that. That was, that was kind of due to the same split lane controversy that affected the pro class. Right. So Blair Miller won the moto on track. Uh, and I, and I saw him, I saw that go down there in the second moto. And then Mason Jackson's the one that kind of, kind of ends up winning that one. Uh, due to to that whole situation there, but uh, I when I saw you and and Harv and Chad there on the side of the track, I, I figured I figured I knew probably exactly what had happened. Yeah, yeah, we uh, I got invited <laughs> to, get, to go down there and uh, kind of take a look at an area that was in question. And yeah, during pro sport, Blair come by, and I think about all four of six or I don't know, it was all the laps. He did that same maneuver in front of us, and uh, we—I mean, we created the split lanes to create good racing. Yep. Now, I think some of the instincts kicked in on some of these guys, and they—they—they they, they saw a line that mm-hmm. kind of over the day started to become a potential uh, a line through there. And when we started the day, that thing was square edged, and there was no way you were going over it. But as the day went and dirt got kicked up on top of that, sure. it it kind of it kind of made it more approachable. Yeah, and and those guys saw it and they they took that opportunity. Um, you know, it's it's kind of unfortunate that as the race uh, promoter, we didn't do mm-hmm. a better job enforcing the the rule that if there are course markers through there you can't you can't cross that line it's a boundary um that was not communicated on our end very well uh we probably should have reinforced that a little better you know these guys are trying to find the fastest line and go the fastest and and they're kind of when they're out there on the track they're they're unleashed or they're uncaged and i don't i can't say that i wouldn't have done something similar if you mm-hmm. get into that race mode and you're just like, how, where can I, what can I do to go faster? Um, yep. So not blaming those guys at all. It, I think it no. kind of came to just be kind of an unfortunate series of events there. Yep. Um, I definitely learned something there. Uh, taller, larger dividing wall. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, you know, Jeremy, I, I said the same thing to Vince. I've been there. I've, you know, and we've done that at races in the past and, you know, I've been guilty of it too. And there was just no, there was nothing that ever came of it, whether it's because if it was in the pro class and I wasn't at the front and nobody paid attention to it or the fact that, you know, I mean, if the markers weren't there, maybe the, maybe the area is a little more gray, right? right? Yeah. The one thing I did point out when I was down there with, with Chad and Harv, because it was brought up that in the past there have been other tracks that have had similar, but 
I, I was like, well, there's like nine markers here. Nine. Yeah. <laughs> there was no mistaking were, them. There was no mistaking them. Yeah. They they almost couldn't squeeze between two of the markers that they were guilty right. that they were using the <laughs> and I said, uh, I don't I mean it, it wasn't really a great area to me, yep. but I've not been racing the pro class ever, and I've not been racing as long as a Chad Weenan. So I, I don't know historically what's been allowed and not allowed at previous events. I really don't know how that's gone but mm -hmm. in my mind it was two race lanes uh in at least three different sections of track yep what i will say jeremy again is uh same thing i echoed in past uh conversations and earlier in this episode i've never seen it where there was markers and like we still went across them so i think that I think that that's kind of exactly what you're saying there. And, uh, everybody, I mean, everybody listens to, to this show basically that goes to these races. So hopefully going forward, this is no longer an issue now. Now everybody knows, but I uh, figured we need to give a little context yeah. at least to Mason Jackson winning pro sport. And because right. Blair Miller wrote his tail off, he, he wrote a great race there, but it ends up being Mason Jackson, Blair Miller and JJ Launderville, uh, your podium in pro sport there and honorable mention to Joey Norris. I don't know if you got to watch any of these races, man, but fourth overall in both pro-am and pro sport. Yeah. Talk about I'll never stop when he had the yes. dragon tail of Panthers yes. in the pro sport. I watched oh that from being down there with Harv and Chad sending the triple with the oh. dragon's tail attached. It was yep. nuts. Unreal. Unreal. And to think that he's a rookie in this class, I've been racing it for like two rounds. He's 16 years old. He was glued to the back of Joe Chambers in every moto, I think all weekend. Like that's saying something. So credit to him, man. He's going to be a monster going forward. Yeah, once he gets uh, some experience, I mean, he's yeah. fast. He's got raw speed. But when he becomes, and it only comes with experience, I think, comes more, yep. uh, not mature, but a more polished, just race craft, just a, I don't know, an older, more veteran-like racer, you know, once yeah. he has enough more experience, he's going to be lethal. Uh, <laughs> That's what I'm because, saying. Because he knows how to go fast. But that 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 almost Jeffrey Rastrelli like veteran, you know, savvy racer smarts kind of a thing. Once he develops that, oh look out, man. Well, and and he's getting a crash course, you know, with an education for this thing, racing at the front of the pro am and pro sport classes. So uh again, credit credit to him. Got a touch on him. He was amazing. Uh, other riders that stood out to me, the normal suspects, uh, Noah Arnold wins two overalls while Landon Korn wins the, the other 250 class. I was really impressed with younger riders, Andrix Bland, uh, Trevor Hughes, and uh, Andrew Klutwick. Uh, the names like Powell, Plaza, Tversiak, Sloniker, yeah. uh, Cornell, Baxter. I mean, those guys keep winning um, and girls. Uh, th those are always impressive names there. But the best race of the weekend, Jeremy, might have been the 450 C class. So uh, Blaine Thomas and Dalton Thomas. I don't know these guys. I've, I've seen yeah. the names uh, over the, the season here. I know that they've been at the front. I know Blaine Thomas has seemingly been the, the guy to beat in the C classes. Uh, both from Quincy, Illinois, battled back and forth for the overall win in this 450 C class, uh, Dalton overtook 
Blaine in the first moto. It was a great race. Second moto comes. They end up getting stuck together with the finish line in sight. The drama, Jeremy, the drama, right? This is, like I said, best, probably the best race of the weekend. And adding to the drama is the fact that I was told that they were brothers. I believe so, that's correct. Yes. Well, 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 that's where I'm going with this. So what a race it was. I was getting messages about, you know, the quote unquote race between the brothers and how much fun that was to listen to. And one person said it was, it was better to listen to it than watch it because of all the hype and all these things. And then when Brooke and I start our journey home, I get a message that they're not brothers, they're cousins. And, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Face palm moment. Right. I'm like, man, this great race. Now they're cousins. So it's like kind of close, but I, I, I sure wish I could take back the fact that I kept selling it as brothers, 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 when they're not actually brothers. Well, if you, if you put them together with their dads, I mean, they, they all look very, very, they're definitely related. That's for sure. So yeah, it, yeah. It, it could be, I, that, that mistake probably could be made very easily. I know up until about three years ago, Everybody kept saying how fast my two sons were at the nationals. And those are my nephews. So yes. uh, it's, it's easy to, to get that thing going, the mistakes like that, but oh, well, you know, live yep. and learn. Let- yeah, let me reiterate that I was told this. I didn't just speculate. I'd feel I would feel a little worse if I just threw it out there because they were both from Quincy, Illinois. But uh, but yeah, I, wish 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 uh, I won't won't make that mistake again. Um, but Jeremy, one last thing: it has to be cool to host the event that crowns a champion. Joel earns number four, and yeah. uh, Jer- Jeremy, I think I think he's gonna do it. I think Joel's gonna gonna overcome and overshoot that number eight number, isn't he? You know, if he can stay healthy, and I'm not trying to jinx him, but mm-hmm. he has everything going for him. I mean, he's sure got does. the talent, the backing. He just looks he 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 looks so smooth. Yeah. I, I it just like nothing ever upsets the quad. He he just I mean, if he keeps this program as it is, I don't know. I don't I don't know. You know, anything can happen, but Man, it really looks possible. I mean, at this point right now, it looks possible. So I was always until now, you know, I was always leery, not because of his talent or, and just like you're saying, he's so in control. Like he is just this master, like he's a, he's a master puppeteer at this point. He can do whatever he wants with the quad. He executes so perfectly all these things, but you know, until now, you know, even when it was five titles, he still needed just to tie it. I'm like, man, that's so much, but same thing we said to him when he joined the show earlier. I mean, in the last like two years ago at this time, he was just at two and now he's already at four. And if you fast right. forward two years and I know he's got to execute a lot of stuff to make this happen. Yeah. Like, it's not like, I don't want to make it sound easy. He makes it look easy, but it's not easy. But if two wow. years from, I mean, he could very sure. likely two years from now that's, that's have six and, yeah. and then it's like, well, then it's like a no brainer. I mean, he'll stick around for a decade if he needs to make, get it done. You know what I mean? Like, if he's that close, he's not just gonna not just gonna walk away. I mean, how old is Joel? I don't even know. Is he like 30, 29, 28? I think he's 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 either one or two years younger than me. I'm 31. He's gotta be 29 okay. at the youngest. Yeah. I mean, time is definitely on his side. I mean well, I think I think he might be 30, Jeremy, because he yeah. said, Well, he said, Well, Chad's 38, so I got eight more years in me for sure, is what he said. Yeah. I I mean, yeah, if he keeps this program 
chugging along like it is. And he has, you know, similar luck, good, good, good luck with races. And he, he stays on this program. And I don't know. I don't, I mean, like you said, two more years, Jesus, he's right there. I mean, he's, (laughs) I know. Uh, yeah, he, he, he's always impressed me, which a lot of the the top 10 guys, they, they impress me, but of course, but this year in particular, Joel has just found a, a very veteran like champion look to him. And he just, he just goes out and makes it happen. Yeah. It's impressive. He's somehow going faster, has more in the tank, but is yet smoother than ever. It's just, it's just unreal what this dude is doing. But, uh, Jeremy, I I can't thank you enough. Uh, you you and your family again for, for everything, not only for myself, but on, on behalf of the ATV motocross community, uh, it means so much to us when you show up at an event like yours and you can clearly tell how much it means to you guys and how much it means to everybody involved just to execute, 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 make everything perfect for, you know, for our series. So, uh, I can't thank you enough for that. And and thank you again for being so gracious with a little bit more of your time here. I'm looking forward to, to heading back up there to Nashport, Ohio, for our, our digging deep ATV ride day uh, at Briarcliff there on Saturday, October 7th, man. I'm, I'm stoked about it. I had so many people talking to me about it this last weekend and uh, it's going to be so much fun. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I'm actually looking forward to being able to ride my track. <laughs> there um, you go. And some of the changes I'm starting to make now, I will get, would we'll definitely have them in place for that. And uh, yes. I think everybody's going to have fun there. I mean, it's going to be, I know, I know, know it's going to be a beautiful fall day and we're all going to be like, don't ever get these all the time. And we're just going to be pumped. It's going to be yeah. awesome. Hey, Hey, nothing better than, uh, than fall riding like that. Like we talked about, uh, on the, on the preview show. So yep. really looking forward to it. Um, but Jeremy, thank you so much for everything again. And if we don't talk sooner, we'll see you at Loretta's. Okay, buddy. I'll see you guys down there. Thank you very much. That's Jeremy Osborne, owner of Briarcliff himself, right here on the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, brought to you by Factory 43. Thanks so much, Bell. We'll see you soon. Hi, right, man. See you. Man, Briarcliff was awesome. Recapping it was a blast, and we sure hope that you'll join us back at Briarcliff in October for our Digging Deep ATV Ride Day. Thanks to tonight's featured guests, Joel Hetrick, Aaron Salinas, Vince Merman, and Jeremy Osborne. Thanks to producer Dallas Jansen, my brother, for all his hard work. Thanks to Brooke and AMA official Harv Whipple. Thanks to photographers Ken Hill and Logan Tremellen of Tremellen Media House. Shout out to Michelle Stillo and Rated MX for all that they do. Thanks to all of our donors. You know who you are. We appreciate you so much. And thanks to all of our partners. CST Tires. Go to shop.csttires.com today. Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew. Thanks to SSI decals, Valvoline, DID Racing Chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV, and UT. TV components, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, the financial advice of the Haymauer Financial Group, DP Breaks, Factory 43, Binkies Forever ATC Museum, Impact Solutions, new partner Caldera Lab, and their high-performance men's skincare products and regiment. We all know that moto is a gnarly sport. It can be hard on our skin, so allow Caldera Lab to help you achieve your skincare goals this summer. Get 20% off with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at calderalab.com slash DIGGINGDEEP20 and Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. Support the brands that support our show, and don't forget to use those codes to save. Find it all on our website, and be sure to click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner for all your gear and parts needs and to help us out. And most of all, thanks to you guys for listening. 
with one round to go. ATVFantasy.com is your go-to for all things ATV Fantasy related. Shop.DiggingDeepATVMX.com is your spot for all our Digging Deep merch. We'll have a bunch with us at Loretta's as well, so keep that in mind. If you're looking for another easy way to help support us, visit our website and click the Patreon or Buy Me a Coffee buttons. This allows you to set up a one-time or monthly contribution to support our efforts. You can leave us a voicemail, 920-569-3519. We'll play it on the show. Follow the show on social media, Digging Deep ATBMX Podcast, and myself, Cody Jansen, for additional content coverage and more fun stuff as just one event remains on the ATB Motocross National Championship schedule. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Wherever you find podcasts, you'll find the Digging Deep ATBMX Podcast. All episodes, additional podcast providers, sponsor links and discount codes, show merchandise, fantasy info, and more can all be found on our website, Digging Deep ATBMX tvmx.com so check that out today be a friend tell a friend please download subscribe rate review and share and with that for joel hattrick aaron salinas vince merman jeremy osborne brooke jansen dallas jansen and i'm your host cody jansen thanks for listening to and making us the most listened to podcast in atv racing with more than 226,000 downloads last month in 103 total countries until next time thanks for joining us and digging deep with the stars of atv motocross see you next week for our loretta lynn's preview show Things are crashing and burning here at the Digging Deep Podcast, much like the Titanic. Those guys were hauling ass, for real. I remember watching Doug Gus, I don't know who it was, Steel City, running the same times Friday afternoon as James Stewart was on Sunday back then. It was mental. I've never seen quads go that fast. Quad are freaking gnarly.